This episode of Gravity Lab Radio has been brought to you by the Rating Center. The ratings with an S, ratingcenter.com. Check us out on the interwebs. We do canopy coaching. We do canopy courses, coach courses, tandem courses, AFF courses. If you want to be a skydiving instructor, if you want to learn to fly your canopy better, or you just want to make some cool friends, come check us out. Uh, I own and operate the the rating center, so a little bit biased, I guess, but uh, I have such a good crew and a good team around us, man. Henry Pruitt, known as Hank the Tank. Hank has been with the team for uh, nine out of our 10 years, so 90% of our life. And you'll find no man with a bigger heart and a bigger passion. He, he brings it to the classroom. He brings it to skydives every day. Hank is a giant teddy bear. We've got guys and gals like him all across. Uh, we have six examiners, three canopy coaches currently, and we're still growing. We're still expanding. So whatever your uh, training needs are, hit us up. Let us know. If we can't help you, we'll guide you. We'll give you some direction. We'll give you some help. But uh, if you like what you hear from some of the guys on Gravity Lab, Chris Fudala has joined us. Hank has joined us. They're just two of the examiners and, and an example of what you get to hear and what you get to see with the Rating Center. We provide USPA courses, but we also put a little bit of our own experience and our own twist on it. If you're going to a school and they're not doing their own personalized uh, version or a little bit of personalized training with it, chances are they haven't done it long enough. So uh, check out the Rating Center. You can find us on Facebook. Check out our Facebook page to uh, get more information. We list all our courses there and on our website, theratingcenter.com. Check it out. Also love to uh, or like to thank Andreas Love. Love to thank also. Love you, Andreas. Good dude. He owns the Good Guys Detailing Company. The Good Guys Detailing are a mobile car wash company. And I say that's that's not even fair, man. A mobile detailing company. They travel throughout Texas. Whether it's your aircraft, your boat, your car, your RV, your truck, it doesn't matter. They can come take care of you. From a basic detail and wash, and they're going to make it look good. I don't think the word basic detail is fair to what these guys do. To a ceramic coating. They actually use a uh, a, a three polish sy- uh, system, or three uh, yeah three polish system where they're going to clean your car, correct the paint, make sure there's no scratches, and give you that nice showroom shine that you got when you first got your car. Or you can just get them to take care of it and clean it up. Back to it, boats, RVs, cars. You uh, mention it, they take care of it. You can find the good guys detail on Instagram and on Facebook, the good guys detail TX. Or you can hit them up through a text message, 512-749-9087. Check them out. They'll crush it. They'll make your uh, your ride look good. Tonight, we had Scott Latinus. He is the uh, events director for Skydive Spaceland on the show. Scott has been a friend for a bunch of years. Really funny guy, really good guy. Um, super humble dude. Throughout the show, he says he's not good at stories and good at talking and telling stuff. Man, no, the guy has got stories to tell for years. Enjoy the visit. Enjoy the talks. Scott's got a lot to share. Thank you, guys. I'm the target of a meat miss with 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yeah, there's really no Nicholas Lott here. Gentlemen! Yes. Man, gentlemen minus Nick Lott. So Scott, Nick sends his condolences. He wanted to be here, but he's jealous because you're taller than him. (laughs) And so he (laughs) is boycotting. Those are his his words. (laughs) 
So I uh, know Nick is actually in Austin doing some iFly stuff. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for him. Him and Brady. I hope he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, I think he has a a, a a friendly arrangement with iFly. Good, good for him. He yeah. deserves it. He deserves it. They treat him well. He does well. He he is he's a badass video guy, he's man. You very know that, good though. at what he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Mr. Scott Latmus. Yes, sir. I've known you for a while. There's some things I actually don't know about you. Like, Seriously? what do you actually do for work? Uh, I skydive. <laughs> no, actually, I'm a director of uh, event organizing for Spaceland. Before that, what oh, did you do? I was uh, worked in computers. I was uh, worked for a friend of mine, and I had a small IT consulting company, which is kind of like when somebody says, what do you do? And they say, I'm an engineer. I, uh, that doesn't tell me anything. IT yeah. consulting. What we did is we worked with small and medium-sized businesses that uh, couldn't afford their uh, a full-time IT person. Yeah. And they would call us uh, if they had issues or if they wanted equipment or if they needed network set up or whatever. Okay. So we I have two full-time IT guys but still need some help. Oh, <laughs> Can right? you help us? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, uh, because now you're retired. I'm my mom's <laughs> help desk. That's, that's basically what I am. My mom's <laughs> help desk now. Do you, does your mom need a lot of help with computers? Well, you know, the cool thing about Windows is my mom can use a computer. And the really crappy thing about Windows is my mom can use a computer. <laughs> yeah. She'll call me with a printer problem, and the first thing she says is, yes, the printer's on. So uh, she learns. She yeah, learns she's getting that. there. Yeah. My parents, my dad is super computer savvy. Yeah. So there's oh. zero issues helping them. Nice. nice. Um, my Do they want to help my mom? <laughs> uh, man, I'm possibly. They help my brother-in-law. So <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. My uh, mother-in-law, who's now passed, she was... Oh, sorry to hear that. Man, oh, it's, it's all good. She's much happier now. Yeah, yeah. I immediately installed a uh, a um, a remote desktop on her computers when, when we gave it to yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, just... You got to have that. Turn this on. Okay. Yep. Your window's going to move. Everything's going to yep. move. I'd have to remind her, I, I, I'm doing this. We're okay. <laughs> Don't touch oh, yeah. the mouse. Not yeah. possessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what gets us through with my mom. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so... Before you started working at Spaceland, I never knew what you did, but you were always regularly available. You yes. you have a very loose schedule. Now it makes a little sense why. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, and, was, it was pretty flexible. And now your title again is what? Director of Event Organizing for Spaceland. All five drop zones, basically. That means dude in charge of fun stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what? You know, people come up to me and they go, when are you going to get a real job? And I think, I must be doing something right if people think that I'm not really working so Dude. I love my job, man. I love my job. It's yeah. a blessed thing. One of my favorite things about Spaceland's expansion over the past few years, and I, I, I get to go to these drop zones as we expand, and we tell them, we're not here to make you guys become us. We're here to become part of you guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. We definitely bring in our programs. We bring in what we have, but you guys just revived uh, a boogie that passed away recently. It went away a year ago, or for, for a year, but the um, Halloween boogie. Yes, we're bringing it back. The yeah. Revolution Boogie at yeah. Dallas. Wherever yeah. we go, we are picking up with these processes they've put in place. Well, I mean, we want we want people to know that we're coming. We're not coming in just to change everything. I mean, if there's if there's events that people love, like American Revolution Boogie or the Halloween Boogie, I mean, we want to keep that going. We want to keep that going for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's just so cool. It, it it adds to the personality of Spaceland. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it gives our jumpers, especially with the three regional, the three Texas drop zones, excuses to travel around. And my gosh, how much our family, and you and I have been really connected to both Houston and Dallas for years. Right, right, yeah. But it's grown tenfold just in these short years, man. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the Dallas drop zone, when, you know, you and I remember what 
Space Land or Skydive Dallas was. It was a great place to skydive. Phenomenal. But if it rained for three or four days before a really nice weekend, you couldn't jump because uh, it was a grass runway. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the years and years that Packers packed in that hangar without any air conditioning, and that that was just that was amazing. I can't imagine that. Yeah, it first was time a, I went there it was right after the air conditioning was done. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough. They definitely earned their money. At that time, yeah. And they didn't bitch nearly as much as you would think they could. And I think it's because that's what they knew and they understood. That's If, if you don't know any different, right? You don't yeah. know any different, yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, I mean, it was good times then, but it's it's great times now. You got, you got a paved runway. It's open seven days a week. It's, you know, air-conditioned hangar. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing place, for sure. Years ago, a friend of ours, Paula, you know Paula, office Paula, manager there. Paula Ursid? Ursid, yep. Er, yeah. She uh, went on a rant on Facebook about a dude who stole a rig rental from the drop zone. It wasn't me. The dude has his own rig. It was out of date. Made a jump on a rental rig. Uh. Checked in with Manifest on the way out, and she charged him for a rig rental. He argued he didn't do it. She watched him walk in with a rental rig. Uh. So she went online and just went on a little rampage and said, man, we are skydivers. We love each other. The whole family thing just said some really positive things. And at the end, she said, we're Spaceland Strong. Ah. And the next day on the staff page, I used the term hashtag Spaceland Strong, and, and we kind of pushed it. It just went out. So, so Spaceland Strong is from Paula. Oh, okay. Inadvertently, that she didn't mean to come up with a hashtag that means something to all of us, but sure. she's she's the mother of it. Well, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah I thought it, uh, actually, I thought it had something to do with Christy when she went through her Went through her, her issues with cancer. I thought that's yeah. where it came from. I didn't realize it was. Uh, yeah, it was Paula. That. Yeah, years ago, oh, going okay. on a rampage, and thankfully, it's you know the thing I like about it is it's gone on to mean so many things to it so does. many people. It definitely does. Yeah. It but definitely. then it led into hashtag Spaceland spoiled. Space <laughs> spoiled. And, and you, I haven't seen that one yet. You have not. It makes sense. It oh makes my sense. god, yeah. we are spoiled. It, I mean, when you travel to non-Spaceland drop zones, I mean, there's a lot of great drop zones out there, but you still. You still appreciate Spaceland, for sure. I can't do yeah. a hop and pop because there's three planes flying? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep, that happens. The caravan's broken and we have to jump out of the King Air? Yeah. Oh, God. Come. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the reasons you got picked up into your position, and this is just my observations from the inside looking in, because I'm part of the organization. You but are. You're one of us. Is you have a huge background in events and skydiving. And part of the title that we threw out on Very Facebook, cool. on the Facebook Live version, by the way, you people watching Facebook Live, I cannot thank you enough for joining this. What shocks me, uh, uh, Justin, I think you know this, is a lot of our watchers is the, the lit up one, the thank taller you. one All is right. a set. The okay. smaller one is a sh- solo shot of you, the one on the speaker. How you doing? Um, <laughs> so a lot of people watching on Facebook don't realize this is an audio podcast. Facebook is a great way for us to show up. Please watch us on Facebook every week. Mm-hmm. But you can go to a podcast player on your phone. You can download every episode, listen at your leisure. I wouldn't spend two hours straight listening to me. My wife has to. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. But man, take I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I assume she's listening that entire time. Right? Yeah. yeah, take. A, she snores a lot. Yeah. You know, but you can take a break. You can download it. If you don't know how to download a, po- a podcast, hit me up. Send me a message. We'll help you do that. To those who already know how, keep doing it. Thank you guys. Thank you. That's right. But um, you have such a huge background in events. I've been. Very lucky. Very fortunate. You started skydiving when? 1980. 1980. 1980 under, yes, round, parachutes, military surplus. Justin, when were you born? 
84. 84, <laughs> yeah. I probably had a 10,000 jumps, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I got a well, look. good. I mean, see, we see people that are, that were, you know, born as recently, well, whatever 18 years ago is. And I mean, they're in the sport, and it's just great to see how the sport's growing with young young people. I mean, y'all, I mean, that they keep this That sport. would be the year 2000, by the way. 2000? Yeah, it's 2018. Oh, wow. Hey, man, you're, you're so good with details, man. That's because oh, I'm an engineer. Oh, yeah. I, can, I move trains around. You know, since I stopped writing checks, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any idea what year it is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's uh, 2018. Yeah, I have to yeah. think about it, too. Thanks, Justin. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> um, he's it, got it, that big TI calculator over there that he's figuring yeah. <laughs> stuff out with. <laughs> he, uh, you say these kids, you kids, man. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm happy to say I've been in the sport 21 years, and I'm looking at these guys who are 30 years old and 25 years old, and oh, the yeah. shit they're doing, they're running away with it. They are. They're, they're keeping the sport vibrant. I guess you could say they're just, they're pushing it. They're pushing the limits, and man, it's exciting for me. I, I, I love seeing that stuff. Yeah. But one of the things I, I think that's helped you stay along with it is, I'll, I'll say it regularly about skydivers, dinosaurs aren't dead because they're old. They're dead because they didn't evolve. Correct, yeah. And something I'll give you a fuckload of credit for is I watched you learn over the, the years. I've only known you a portion of the years, but the years I've known you, you're constantly modifying what you're saying because you found a better way. You're constantly modifying how you're doing it. There are there are better ways out there, yeah. You just, I mean, it's you got to stay, you got to stay current. You got to stay in the sport connected to the sport and you just see things that are better that's all it's just better and there's people um you know like like the the teams the top teams i mean they're always working on things making things better and you know i'm not going to reinvent the wheel if they if they show me something better than hell yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to adapt it yeah and it's uh you but you're not afraid to try to reinvent the wheel when you find a good idea well there are times when yeah when i see something that i think uh you know, I, I think maybe it can be maybe not improved, but tweaked a little bit yeah. because there's no cookie cutter out there. I mean, you know, if you get a two four way teams, you can't you can't do do the same techniques, the same tips, everything for that for each one. You know, you have to you have to adopt what works for those teams. And and, uh, you know, sometimes something that works for Arizona airspeed doesn't work for heavy, whatever toxic something or other whichever name they are their next team is toxic something Something or or whatever it's about time he's due for that one toxic macaulay yeah (laughs) yeah. that's good toxicology yeah what'd you say toxicology i'm catching up man i'm a little bit slow on the uptake over here my brain's there's a lot of hyphens in there yeah so you you've 1980 when did you you competed in nationals a large part of your skydiving career i have yeah i think my first one was uh uh, nine, 92, 90, something like that. I think it was 1990, actually, first one that I competed in. And it was back, they just, they were doing 20-way, and uh, which they don't do anymore. But And actually, 20-way is because we used to do Texas 20-way here, and USPA adopted that, which was pretty cool. I yeah. did not, okay. Yeah. So 20-way and nationals came from, I, I know Texas 20-way is a big deal for Oh, yeah, yeah. And Texans, man, y'all are, I say y'all, I've become a Texan over my life, but man, what a proud like it. state. It what is. What a proud state. It is, yeah. And, and a little, uh, interesting little, if we got time, interesting little story about 20-way is, you know, now when you see 16-way teams, they got this big chunk in the back of the plane and they're trying to take, they got everybody back. Well, back in the day, <laughs> you would have two lines of people, you'd have some floaters, you'd have a few people in door, and then two lines of people, or one line, of, one long line, and normally two lines, 
and it would string out. So um, at the old space land in League City, there was a, a gentleman, uh, Dave Boatman, who would work for Metro Airlines, and on the weekend he would bring an otter. They'd take all the seats out of it, jump all weekend, put the seats back in, take the doors off. We didn't have doors at, at the time, so mm -hmm. we all froze on the way at the altitude. <laughs> but again, we didn't know any better, so we didn't complain. We skydived. That's right. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so anyway, one weekend he shows up and he says, hey, guys, we have to leave these front seats in for some reason. I don't remember what it was, but several rows at the front of the plane, we couldn't take the seats out. So we had to adapt, and Jack Burke and Tom Jenkins figured out how to make it work, putting more and more people in the back of the plane. Now, the pilots, uh, it took a little while for them to <laughs> figure that out, but they did. I mean, they, we, we had great pilots, and we still have great pilots. And uh, they figured it out, so Jack took that exit to Nationals, and then all the, all the top, you know, Tom Pyrus and Dan Brodsky-Chenfield, all those guys, they were watching this wondering, what the hell's going on? And that's basically where all that started was here in Houston, in League City, with putting all those people in the back of the plane. Man, you mentioned two very brilliant engineers when you say Tom Jenkins and Jack Burke. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, there is a point called Ask Jack. Ask Jack, uh, yeah, so it's, a, uh, it's a block. At the top of the block is Ask and the bottom is, is Jack, yeah. And then this year um, we have a 10-way formation called Tom's Texas that's uh, actually a star. It's a 10-way it's a star, Texas star like on the flag. And uh, that was implemented this year. At Nationals? At Nationals, yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah. man. Oh, cool. Tom Jenkins is such a legend, dude. Uh, how many Nationals did Tom compete in? Uh, he's 30-something, I think. I believe like. he holds the record now. Yeah, he, was, he started back in the, I think his first Nationals was in the 70s, I think. I, something like that. Not and just the most Nationals, but the most consecutive Nationals. Something all, all like the that. above, man. Something like that, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the people in Texas for sure know who Tom Jenkins is. Right. And as yeah. big as his impact was in our state, man, he's gone to all these California camps, Russian camps, oh, yeah. South American camps. Who yeah. is Tom Jenkins? Share, share with the world a little bit about him. Uh, you know, again, Tom, Tom and Jack kind of started the 20-way. The and uh, Tom is just somebody who, man, he just, he just gave. You know, he gave. He wanted people to become better skydivers. And uh, Tom wasn't afraid to tell somebody when they were screwing up, mm -hmm. but uh, but he was just so giving. He was so he, he was always. I mean, like he was out at the drop zone all the time. People knew if they went out there, he'd be there organizing, and and uh, you know he just gave to the sport. He just he loved this sport. It was it was uh, it was his passion. You know, it was his purpose. I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, he went around the world. And Tom, you know, I'd I'd go places, and I was very fortunate. Tom kind of took me under his wing and took me to some of these. And he remembered people's names. Now, I have enough trouble remembering American names. <laughs> I was going to say normal, but American names. <laughs> and we would go, like, to, to Brazil or, or uh, Spain or something like that, and Tom would remember, or, or we'd have an event where a bunch of Russians were, and he'd remember their names. And That just always amazed me how he could do that. There's the people like Dan B.C. and Kate Cooper, Jensen, they do that, and I, it just... It blows my I, mind. I, it blows my mind, yeah, and I just... I, I just kind of slink back into the into the shadows when they start doing that because I'm afraid somebody will want, want me to say somebody's name. And I go, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, when you see somebody, the, the less you remember of their name, the higher your voice is. Like, hey, how you doing? means <laughs> I have no idea what your name is. Yeah. I call my friends buddy all the time. Yeah, and one of the go. reasons I call my friends buddy is when I recognize or meet you and I don't rec remember your name, I call you buddy and it doesn't stand out. 
Exactly. So I'll yeah. tell myself publicly, like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, hey, oh, buddy. Yeah, yeah is, that means just please introduce yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, because I'll, you know, so I'll say, hey, buddy, to you. <laughs> that way, when I say, hey, buddy, to the guy I don't remember his name, sure. that's why he calls his friends. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember any of their names either. Yeah. I'm happy I remember Valerie's name. Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the lady in there who told oh, us what to do earlier. Oh, that's it. The mean yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, you should remember that one. Yeah. yeah, man. Do you know her phone number? Eight seven six. Don't five, say it on the air. You know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> eight six seven five three zero nine. Thank you. I was. <laughs> yeah. Justin, yeah. help me there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. Carlos gave his number out on the air recently and had Ooh. somebody call him and had a few people walk up to me at the DZ. It's like, man, I almost called them, but I was driving <laughs> because they're downloading it a week later, two oh, weeks yeah. later. <laughs> and, yes. and guys, if you've listened to Carlos's episode <laughs> and you haven't called him yet, remember, it's at the very, very end. So you can find that podcast episode quickly. That's right. You're at home right now. Find it. Call Carlos randomly. There like you go. Three weeks from now, Carlos is like, what the fuck yeah. did I do that for? He's always awake like at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and he's just sitting there by the phone waiting. I want to know if anyone actually sent him a dick pic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Justin. Happen. Well, you helped that chances along just fabulously. <laughs> yeah, you planted that seed for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, for real. Uh, so part of what you've done is you've got to travel. You've gone to all these nationals, but you've also yeah. done a lot of these events. And one of the events you work a lot is, is big ways. Yes. Yeah, you know, there, for the longest time, I, I, I resisted big ways because it's just... For, for, for one thing, I love four-way and eight-way, and I didn't see any reason to do big ways. And uh, there's just so many people, and, and it's just, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot more uh, risk, I guess you could say. Uh, I mean, it's, it, we make them as safe as we can. Yeah. But if you increase the number of canopies in the air, you're increasing the risk. You know that. You're a canopy guy. And uh, so I resisted them for a long time, and Tom kept working on me, working on me. And finally, um, Finally, what he did is at a Texas State record here, he asked me to, to run the bench. Yeah. Which was like 20 ways, which uh, is not too bad. And so that went pretty well. So then we go out to Arizona, I guess it was, and they're doing 200 ways. And I'm running a bench, which is 20 or 30 people. No problem. With the last day, they still hadn't completed 20 way. They'd went through the bench. And I mean, when they, when they were getting low on the bench, I'm looking for people like, oh, oh, take him, take her, take him. <laughs> Till finally they said, you're on the 200 way. And I thought, oh, shit. So, Okay. I'll take it for the team. So, <laughs> so we go up on this first 200 way, and I remember watching video thinking, why are people taking so damn long to get to the formation? This is crazy. We could build this thing by <laughs> 10,000 feet if people just get the lead out of their ass. So the first time I leave the plane, man, I go charging over the formation. I look around and go, I don't recognize anything. I turn back around, and all those people I'm supposed to be docking on, <laughs> they're behind me. And then I'm thinking, oh, that's how it works. Yeah, so that was an eye opener for me. But man, it's just you know that many people in there. Once yeah. once you kind of get more comfortable, and you never want to, you never want to get too comfortable with it. But once you get a little more comfortable, your awareness expands out to here. Man, it's the coolest thing to see all those people in in free fall. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I actually thought. So you tell the story of Tom tricking you into doing the bench, and I remember that happening, but I thought you were, I thought it was odd that you were running the bench, because I was like, man, he's a big way guy who should be up there. Yeah, man, I, yeah, I, I love running the bench. When they did the last TSR here, I think it was 168 way, the, the big way, because they had so many airplanes, they made four jumps the whole time because of the weather. Mm -hmm. My bench, which only needed one plane, we made 11 jumps. So the big way people are going, 
How do we get on the bench? Uh, what do we have to do to get sent to the bench? Yeah, man, can I just like I'm, I'm just not going to dive on this one. I'll be late. That's it. I'm yeah. going to Scott now. That's it. Yeah. So it, uh, you know, it, it has its advantages. Plus, it's a smaller it's a smaller group, so you can work on things. A lot of people they can work on things that that they need to work on to get on the big way. Or if somebody's been cut from the big way and they come back, they can work on those things. You know, something that that they didn't do so well that they can improve and then get back on the big way. And that, that happens. That does happen. I um I, I always I wonder because for me big ways I'm the same boat fuck big ways I shot yeah. a bunch of uh, like forty way video in my life oh yeah and yeah. some of it at the World Freefall Convention yeah. and I'm watching this forty way stuff going like Mm-mm, not for me yeah you were above it yeah yeah that's and a good place to be yeah it is yeah. man uh, except for when you deploy as a camera guy and there's four people around you because they all deployed in place yeah I What's did up that, with on, that yeah Whew, you know Was Bob that on Pope? purpose. You know Bob Pope? Yes. Yeah. Pope was organizing that. Oh. We landed. He watched my video to start the debrief before yeah. everybody else could. Yeah. And then he just stormed away and found He's like, you, <laughs> you. I mean, just start eyeballing oh, yeah. all campies. And you know Pope. Yeah. Yeah. He'll oh, jump yeah. on you. Yeah, that's dangerous. Nowadays, it's different because you go to a big way event like a P3 event, and mm-hmm. they, they have uh, skydive, skydivingphotography.com. Mm-hmm. So basically, when the cameramen land, they load their video. It gets uploaded to the, this website. People are watching it. So when they show up for the debrief, man, I got their excuses ready. They're ready. Go ahead. Pick <laughs> on me. I, I I got something right here. Yeah. So it is It is different. It definitely yeah. is different than it used to be. Man, I wonder. So I, for me, I like the idea better, and, and I don't know you do this, to, to not let them see the video so they come with this open mind versus already kind of shut down. There's that seems weird. Some, there's definitely something to be said for that. Okay. Yeah. Or, or what happens is if people watch it ahead of time, they focus on one little part of the stuff. Not everybody, but a lot of people. I would. You know, it, it. I know it's hard to believe, but people actually watch themselves on the <laughs> video, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so they'll they'll have that little part of the skydive that they pretty much think they figured out, or maybe they have figured it out. You know, whereas the the organizer comes in and he's got to. I mean, it's a bigger picture. It's a sector of uh, fifty people or a hundred people or whatever that you know that they have to talk about. So people, you know, when you're trying to when you're trying to debrief. You know, you really got to make sure people are hearing what you're saying as opposed to, I'm going to wait until I hear him talk about this little area here and then I'll pay attention, you know. Yes. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's got its pros and cons for sure. I know uh, I did Rawls Big Way Camp. So for me, the fear of, of the chaotic big ways that we've known historically. Yeah. And I think the thing you mentioned is today, and you said it about video, but like the P3 camp, and that is the difference. The organized, structured learning. Yes. Big ways are very different today. They are. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're like we have tracking teams. I mean, safety, it's, safety is paramount. If you go to a P3 camp, Dan B. will spend the first 30 minutes of the first day talking about safety. I mean, it's, it's he drills it into people. And if you and if you don't, if you do something that's unsafe, I mean, it's right away it's on it. I mean, he's he's on it. Your your captain's on it. Somebody's on. It. It's not tolerated. It's just not tolerated anymore. It's it's. I mean, it's the 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 price is too high. People like Dan BC uh, have lost way too many friends. We've seen too much in right. our yeah. times in life, and yeah. a lot of the new jumpers, you know, for th- they forget the passion we deliver some of these messages with, and the and the fire sometimes that comes out is earned fire. We we we've seen our friends burn. It is, yeah, and uh, and you know we we try to learn from their mistakes, right? I mean that's Amen. how we that's how we honor our friends is yeah. is by learning from their mistakes, and uh, you know hopefully people do learn from them. I mean, you see people do things and you go, what the hell were you thinking? Well, you know, so the, the, the worst thing that can happen is a person busts a BSR and nothing happens. 
because then they go, oh, well, you know, they got this rule out there for this, and obviously it doesn't apply to me. You know, you, mm-hmm. they're there for a reason, right? I mean, you know that. Yeah. You're a safety guy too, right? Oh, man. Uh, some have said that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> safety and training, I, I've, I've tried it once. Yeah? Yeah. It, it's Did you lose anybody? Uh, man, my next door neighbor still swears to this day that I've trained somebody who's killed themselves <laughs> and knock on wood. She, she, she got upset with me because I said to this day, I don't know of anybody I've trained a skydive who's killed themselves. Yeah. It's going to happen. People are going to die. It happens. Yeah. But she, she got pretty upset that it's like, no, you're lying to me. It's like, no, yeah. fortunately it's worked out. Uh, <laughs> um, it's going to happen no matter what we do. Yeah. But yeah. you mentioned Dan BC and, dude, safety and training. That guy is, he stepped he up is. the game. He is all about it, yeah. yeah. He definitely is. You mentioned the P3 camps. Are you working with the P3 camps nowadays? I am, yeah. Um, something else that Tom got me involved in, I, I, can't, I can't say enough good things about that man. He was, uh, I mean, he was a brother. He was he was a mentor. He, he some, Get that for mic some reason, Yeah. For some reason, he, he, um, he took me under his wing and... Uh, I just I've, I've never been able to thank him enough, um, but yeah. So uh, he he brought me to P3 Dan BC, who I knew from doing eight way a year of eight way with uh, back in 02. Um and now that I've with with Tom gone, I they've kind of pulled me into that slot. You know when they when they have enough people sign up, and uh, it's just it's it's a tremendous experience being with with people like Dan and Kate and Larry Henderson. Doug Forth, people like that, uh, Tony Domenico, just the things that you learn. And again, I mean, those people have been doing it for a long time, and they're still learning. That's that's the thing, you know. People like at that level, you would think, man, they know everything. They don't, and they know they don't. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> kind of like when somebody says, yeah, let's hire that guy to coach his four way, and somebody, oh man, that guy's great. I mean, he's forgotten more about four way than we'll ever know. And I'm thinking. Why do we want to hire somebody that's forgot so much four way? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. find somebody else. Almost nobody remembers it. Yeah, but uh, but those again, those people know that they don't know everything, and they continue to learn. And that's, I mean, that that's what keeps people coming back. Yeah. You know, I think people forget how little time we work on anything. Yeah. I have about 130 hours of free fall, which means I have about a month of work hours. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. skydiving. I've worked fall, at yeah. skydiving. I've worked at free fall yeah. for a month. I'm still new to this job, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. much to learn. There is. And, and I mean, it's not, we don't learn, we don't just learn in free fall. You know, like a four-way mm-hmm. team, they visualize. You talk about visualization, visual, because who is it? Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours. Yeah. You know, it takes 10,000 hours to really learn something. You know, in skydiving, you would think, well, hell, nobody's going to spend 10,000 hours in free fall. And, and they're probably right, but there's... There's so many other ways to work your craft. There's the tunnel. There's visualization. There's creepers. I mean, it's how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it is basically what it is. Not bad enough to spend 10,000 hours on creepers. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> true, yeah. Yep. Yeah, when, I, uh, when, uh, when Dan contacted me about doing eight-way back in 02 with Vengeance, he said, you'll be one of the center slots. There's four center slots in eight-way. He said, but I'm not sure which one. So... I still can't believe I do, and my wife, she can't believe I. So I took a creeper out to the garage every night, <laughs> and I would take about three blocks, and I would creep each of the center slots <laughs> to try to figure out what they were because I didn't know which one. And yeah, man, it's you know, it's it's. I mean, I don't expect everybody to do that, but if you know, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it is basically what it is. And and I mean, it 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 worked for me. It got me a little bit ahead of where where I would have been just walking in cold. 
But uh, that's where your 10,000 hours are. I mean, again, you can't spend 10,000 hours in free fall. I mean, no even way. if you're Russian. <laughs> 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 and, you know, maybe they claim to, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you just can't do it, so you have to do it other ways. And the tunnel has made it, made it possible to, to, do, to do more when you're, not, when you're not in the air. I want to go uh, just back to that visualization for one second. And as an AFF examiner, training instructors is my job. Yes. And without fail, without fail, the people who show up and do the best are four-way competitors. And they don't have to be great. Michael, um, help me out with his name, uh, Windows computer geek guy, Mike, 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 Mike. Um, Hotchkiss. Thank you, Hotchkiss. Yes. Showed up to the course with 500 jumps. That's minimal to get in, and most people will fail at that minimum. Oh, is that right? And he yeah. smoked it, and he blew it out. And there's no doubt to me that the four-way flying skill set caters to the AFF skill set. Right. But the thing I notice more than anything else out of the four-way guys is when we're done briefing, they start visualizing. Right. When we get to the boarding area, I'll watch them visualize once. When we get in the airplane, I'll watch them visualize once. Oh, yeah. The middle of the ride up, they'll do it again. Right before we exit, they'll do it again. And sure. it's very casual. You're not having to beat your fucking self up over it. Right. Oh, but yeah. then we get out in the sky, and those guys are so chill because they know what they're supposed to do. They've, they've done it. They've done it already, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's... it's uh, I know this isn't a family show, so I can say this. Um, I'll talk to people at visualizing. You know, if, if you do it properly, close your eyes, quiet place, your, your, your mind doesn't realize that you're not actually in free fall. If you, I mean, if you do it right. And, and I've had people go, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm laying on the floor. My, mind, my brain's going to go, you know, you're not really in free fall. I go, really? So you think that your mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what you're imagining? They go, yeah. And so I go... Have you ever had a wet dream? Yeah, exactly. And they'll go, yeah. I said, well, you, what do you think your brain thinks? Doesn't realize that you're not actually having sex. <laughs> and that, and that kind of opens it up like, well, wow, maybe, you know, maybe there's a lot of stuff going on up here that I don't realize I'm utilizing. Yeah. I need to send you a paper. I'm in the middle of reading, and I'm not very good at reading sometimes. But, excuse me, it's a paper on visualization, and yeah. it's, it's a pretty good uh, study. Is it a written by a skydiver or a... No, it's yeah. just visualization and sports psychology. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. not skydiving at all, which mm-hmm. I really, as much as I like it in skydiving, I love the applications away because it makes me think outside the box. Right, right, yeah. And so sure. far what I've gotten out of it, I think you'll really enjoy it. And Yes, uh, please do. Convey messages. Please do, yeah. But yeah. I think you're the first person who ever told me that wet dream story. And it's oh. just like... Yeah, man, it's it's. I, I heard I heard it from you years ago. Yeah, and, oh, and yeah. it's just like that it's, is a powerful that's when statement. when you see the light come on, like, oh, well, maybe maybe there is there's something to this visualization thing. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. How many people go home from the drop zone and for the entire work week they can't stop thinking about skydiving? Right. You oh, can't yeah. stop thinking about skydiving and sit down and visualize. Exactly. Go yeah. over the mechanics of your turn. Sure. And it doesn't. You don't have to put aside an hour or two hours. Ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, just someplace quiet. And just go over exit, you know, or just go over something. It's not like you have to cram a bunch in there. It's uh, And it adds up. It adds up. It makes a difference, for and sure. It, and it's amazing in those 10 minutes when you walk throughout your day, every now and then, for one iteration, you'll picture it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if you, it, it's just amazing. I, I remember training on, on different things in skydiving and then walking around my house after sitting down and visualizing. And I flew around my house. My mind just immediately <laughs> yeah. used those parts, visualized this is what I'm doing. You're right. You're right, yeah, yeah. So how bad do you want it? That's what you said. That's right? pretty much it. How bad? You know, you see, uh, I, I see teams a lot of times they'll, they'll, be, they'll be training, and you can tell that somebody showed up to do four-way, and 
they really haven't thought about four-way since the last time that they showed up to do four-way, you know. And uh, and then they end up going to nationals, and they get all pissed off because they didn't do so well. And what'd you expect? You know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Um, and you know, you, it has to be your own performance. You can't. I mean, you can, but if you if you go to nationals expecting a gold medal, and then some baby killer team from the East Coast shows up and just kills everybody, you know, you can't be upset. I mean, how did you do? How did when you went to nationals? Did you come away with the same average as you? as you had in training because if you did that's a win because mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure at nationals and if you can if you can perform at that level with that much pressure that you did when you were in training then that that's a win you know so it, it a lot of times when you're coaching a team you have to make sure that you set those expectations and make them realize you know that it's not like football where you can go out there and pound somebody and beat them and skydiving it's just you you can't do any well you can do little psychological games on the ground, but you you can't do anything to affect their performance in the air. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough sometimes for people to accept that. And you say as a coach, you see this not just as a coach in four-way, but P3 camps, big-way things. Right. How right. do you help people understand and manage that? Uh, manage their, their own performance or? Their anxiety, their performance, them beating themselves up because that's really where a lot of it comes is we can't get out of our own way. It, it, it does. I mean, you have, to, you have to accept the fact that everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's made a perfect skydive. I mean, nobody's made a perfect skydive. Except when you go up by yourself and there's no video, yeah. <laughs> they're all perfect, right? I've, I've <laughs> yeah. perfectly fucked up skydive, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'm good at that one. <laughs> that's true, yeah. So, you know, you have, to, you have to help people realize that everybody makes mistakes. What's the mistake? You know, how do we how do we fix how do we address that? Why did why did you make that mistake? Why did you brain lock? You know what what's going on with that? And and to be honest with you, this stuff is really really easy. Skydiving is really easy, right? I mean, fall straight down. You know, we talk about for almost every skydive, big way skydive, we talk about the stadium, we talk about radials, we talk about um, make sure that you match fall rate before you pick up grips, take a breath. I mean, everything is just very basic fundamentals. And when, when things don't go right, well, let's see what, what happened. Let's say, oh, that's right. well, you didn't come in on the stadium or you, you know, your radial or you p- picked up grips before you were stopped. You know, there's, everything can be fixed. And as long as people realize that things can be fixed, then they're going to, you know, they're going to get better. They should get better anyway. And if they get cut, well, that's a learning experience, right? I mean, I've been cut from, from a lot of stuff and you work on it and you come back. And when you get back onto that, whatever it was, man, that's a great feeling. That's a great feeling, yeah. Man, if we won, if we didn't get cut the first time, if we accomplished it the first time, it, it's going to feel good. There's no doubt. Yeah. It's oh, going to yeah. feel better when you had to work for it. When you had to work for it. Yeah, the, you know, it's, it's, I see people that are just naturals. They get in the air and they're just naturals. They, they got body control. They got relaxation everything. They don't have to work for it. And those are the people that have the hardest time raising their performance level. Because now all of a sudden they have to work for it. You know, there's this guy over here that worked for it. And now all of a sudden he's a little bit better than the natural. And the natural, he don't know what to do. He doesn't know how to get better because he's never had to work at Or she, he or she. Yeah, so um, sometimes the best skydivers are the people that, the flailers that started out flailing. Like me. <laughs> Man, did you start as a flailer? Oh, oh, I did. So when I started, you had to do, uh, you had to do three static lines. Or five static lines, five, would, yeah. five static lines, and then three hop and pops, clear and pull. They called back yep. then. Still um, call them that. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. And then you had to do three five second delays. Is that right? Uh, fifteen. 
Because the three clear and pulls is clear and pull, and then there are five seconds. So first is clear and pull, two fives. Oh, Stack okay. line progression hasn't changed yeah. much over the years. And then you go to 15s and yeah. 30s and well, when, when I At my drop zone, maybe they wanted to make money or something, but we had to do 10-second delays, too. And I think you had to do three 10-second delays. I did eight. I had to do eight. I was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. so You're the reason AFF was invented. That's it, man. I mean, <laughs> it's like, and I just wouldn't go away. You know, well, you know, maybe this isn't for you. Just watch. Yeah, just watch. I'll get there. I'll get there. And it's, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it, yeah, I was, I was a flailer. I, I, I kind of joke, but Justin knows a little bit of the story. AFF, part of the history is, is people took flailing sta uh, stack line students who couldn't get past their 10 second delays and said, hey, Scott, let's go hold this flailer up in free fall for 60 seconds and see if he can figure it out because 10 ain't enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. really, you are the kind of guy they invented it for. That's, that's true. That's exactly true. Yeah. We yeah. had uh, Katrina Autry on the show. Excuse me, Shows. Yeah. Um, it's hard to change names. I, I remember one. Yep. And do you know her story as a student? I do not know. She was told take a bowling. Multiple people, multiple drop zones. Like you cannot skydive. You should not be doing this. Wow. You know the girl with a gold did, medal. Did she go somewhere else, or did she just say screw it? I'm going to keep going. She found the right place, oh, and, okay. and and I don't yeah. remember the full story of when and how. Yeah. But she struggled, dude, and she was a flailer, and she's and a champion it, now. It it happens. You know it happens. How bad? Again, how bad do you want it? Yeah. How bad do you want it? Yeah. There, there's no doubt. Um, a hardship is good for you. Those of you new jumpers, and even you experienced jumpers who are listening to this, we all have struggles. We all have things we, we really suck at. And I can remember some of my struggles and, and how much how much better it fits and how much it fits. On the point that you point your hat, it's <laughs> that fits. Uh, that's a nice Spaceland hat you got on yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice uh, man, Sara from Dallas is the one who actually got the ball rolling on those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, man, I love them. She did a good job picking she them. She did. She really did, yeah. But I got my World Parachute Championship L&B hat on. L&B. Oh, yeah. Uh, the World Parachuting Championships in Australia. You know, I I don't know if we're allowed or supposed to talk about vendors or not, but L and B is like the best customer service. <laughs> they're like the the Southwest Airlines when it when it comes to customer. They they're fantastic. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And support. Yeah, they are. It, hey, Jacob, if you're watching. <laughs> Jacob doesn't have Facebook. Ja oh, really? Jacob for people. That's how he gets yeah. so much stuff done. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he gets much stuff done and either. Cola. Cola's the U.S. She's uh, kind of the U.S. rep for L&B in terms of marketing materials and things yeah, like that. Yeah, she's actually not just U.S. She's all yeah. uh, all yeah. of social media. Could you could could you check to see if Cola's watching? Yeah. Can you do the, like, hey, Cola, are you watching? Yeah, Cola is yeah. Uh, basically in charge of all the social media. Uh, she yes. does let people help run things, um, yeah. except for... The live feeds for LMB, and that's um, my okay. problem. Oh, okay. But that's that's. It's just a mini gravity lab radio. It really is. It, it, yeah, it, you it, do a great job. I saw the one you did with Thomas. Yeah, it's yeah. a. Oh my God, man! Yeah. I've been lucky. Thomas made it easy. Stephanie, uh, Stephanie, and Jason from SDC Core made it easy. Oh yeah. Claudio. Yeah. yeah. We got Jeffro Provenzano this month. Oh um, really, Jeffro? Yeah, right. that, yeah. That'll be easy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no doubt I'm picking the athletes who I think are just going <laughs> to like <laughs> they make it easy on you. I'm going to set you up with a good <laughs> question and you're going to run with there it, which go. is yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of the reasons I asked you here is is That's part of the right. title is one of my favorite titles, Lies We've Told and Stories We've Stole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think you're probably the king of some of those. I tell no lies. You don't know lies. No, they're all, they're um, all three, yeah. P3, what is it like moving up from being at a camp to actually helping? I'm only hearing one. Uh, that, that headset's got some issues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's, the guests beat them up. Yeah. Um, 
It should be coming back in. Justin will play with your, Not a problem. your cable. Not a problem, I'm, I'm playing with your cable. Um, yeah. yeah, you are. <laughs> Keep playing. What's it like going <laughs> okay, from the player role to actually back to into the organizer role? How did that play for you? Um, to go from, uh, well, um, I guess it was like that 200 way where I was a uh, um, uh, alpha team captain, yeah. alpha team bench. I, they they have different names for them. Yeah. But uh, apparently they liked what they saw. Uh, on that deal, and uh, especially when I stole a van and drove it around with a bunch of people in the back of it, that was all right. Hold on, <laughs> probably not something that they like. What do you mean, stole a van and you, drove around? You've been to to Scott of Arizona, the vans that have the the the, the top cut mm-hmm. off, you know, that they go out to pick up people. Yeah. Well, so the big ways out there, they're walking the the big way on the on the tarmac, and us people on the bench are sitting there watching them, and <laughs> and I said, y'all want to go out there and just hang around they went yeah i said hold on a second. so i go over to the van it's got a key on it key in it so i hop in there i said hey everybody hop in so we're driving around them you know hey check it out so i'm driving and and all the people including the russian girls are behind me and everybody just starts clapping woo and i'm thinking hey they must think this is pretty cool so uh so then brian burke comes up and lets me know that that wasn't a very good idea I got burked, and I wasn't even in a landing area, so that's that's not something anybody, not a lot of people can say. So anyway, so we go back, and uh, and I come home, and my wife is, she's a little, she's, we're talking about different things. I mentioned something about the van, and she's not real happy about it. I said, well, what's the matter? She goes, well, yeah, you know, I, I read about how those girls were back there lifting their tops and everything, and I went, are you serious? <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't see any of that. You're like, why was I driving? Yeah, why was I driving? <laughs> yeah. I had the wrong seat for oh, this show, man. man. Yeah, so, so yeah, Brian came, and, and uh, he made everybody get out except me, and all of them have to walk back to the hangar while I drove, so I really felt bad about that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah, every time I go out there, somebody goes, hey, isn't that your van out there? Like, Let's not talk about that. Scotty's <laughs> van. Yeah, my <laughs> van, yeah. But that was funny. But uh, yeah, so you know, so I was uh, uh, I was the, the captain for the for the Alpha team, and apparently the P three folks liked what they saw. And then, uh, depending on how many people sign up for the P three camps, you know, they'd need a certain number of, mm-hmm. of uh, organizer coaches. And uh, when they were organizing the five hundred way, which was uh, supposed to be in Dubai, um, obviously people wanted to be on it. And one of the ways to to get an invitation. If you didn't, if you didn't jump with the so the captains, but on a regular basis, was to come to a P three camp so people could see us. So, man, the attendance just exploded, and so I was fortunate that they needed more captains, so I got to join in on that. And apparently, they liked what they saw. I don't know. I think it's more about the stories and the jokes, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, you're a decent <laughs> skydiver, but you're funny as shit, dude. Let's just keep <laughs> well, them around. I, I try, I try. Yeah, yeah. So not everybody. In fact, there's a couple of people here at uh, Skydive Space Land, Houston. That uh, have a drinking game. That every time I tell a bad joke, they uh, they take a drink. And uh, how do they skydive? Uh, well, hopefully that's uh, that's they do it afterwards. I hope, but <laughs> after we're done jumping, but they must really get wasted at night just uh, just uh, going over some of the bad jokes that I tell. Dude, I actually was told by my mom yesterday uh, that she got me a cheap circumcision. It was a rip-off. <laughs> That's for you, Scotty. That sounds like a dad joke, man. That is funny. <laughs> totally, man. That's funny, so yeah. I'll, I'll give you a new link to dad joke site that you'll really yeah. love. That's how I stole it from there. I need to get your mom to write my stuff for me for the, for the radio, <laughs> radio program, yeah. Wait a minute. What's with my mom? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> um, oh my god, I lost my brain. So five hundred. Wait, hold on a second. You, you yeah. kind of sidetracked me. Um, when is the next belly formation record attempt? Uh, wow. Is you there know, one the, on the books? The record is four hundred now. Yes. And uh, five hundred is going to take. It's going to take C one thirties. Yeah. And I mean, we can't get them in the U.S. And there's very few places that that have them. Uh, the Middle East, uh, Thailand, but I don't think Thailand has them. They've they've had some. Uh, I don't want to say regime, but they've had some government changes that yes. the planes aren't as as readily available, and uh, so I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, the, it, when we were when we were planning the 500 way in Dubai, everything was great, and then they had some flare-ups in the Middle East, and then the government said we can't guarantee that when you get here the planes are going to be here, and you can't bring 500 people over there hoping that the planes are going to be there. So that was a whole uh, <laughs> that was a whole ordeal of trying to get refunds because that was about the same time that united bought continental and it was just it was a charlie fox it was just ridiculous and uh so people were trying to get refunds they were trying to get their tickets and it was just crazy and uh so it kind of it kind of stopped there i mean it's such a logistical nightmare i guess you could say to try to get something that done with that done working with a foreign government and it's yeah i It'll probably happen, but I don't know how. We basically need some prince or king to fall in love with skydiving again. That's Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I don't think a yeah. lot of people realize that Thailand for a while had the records because the king loved skydiving they and did, wanted yeah. to see it. So use my planes. Oh, have yeah. fun. Yeah, for sure. And Larry Henderson and, and B.J. Worth were... Larry Larry spent a lot of time in Thailand. He, he speaks the language fluently. And so he had a good connection there. And I think B.J. also had a good connection. So they really worked closely with the government there to get the get all those records that were over there yeah man there's, there's gotta be a way in a day i just i would love to see it man 500 way that's re- that's that would be that would be something i mean that the, the plans they had everything set i mean even the the uh i don't remember what the exit out to is going to be twenty four thousand or something like that and and to, because to get 500 people away from each other to open their parachutes the first tracking group was i think at 10 5 maybe it was 10 grand Wow. But it was over the desert. So if, if you track for, from 10,000 feet down to 3,000 feet, you're going to be way in hell out there. I mean, if you if you track like you're supposed <laughs> to, you're going to be way in hell out there, yeah. So yeah. after you just had a skydive, because 24 to 10, a 14,000-foot yeah. skydive, yeah. now you got to go on a second skydive that's a tracking jump. Uh, yep, you do, yeah. And I mean I mean a real tracking, not that bad tracking thing that goes like... Yeah. <laughs> Talking about yeah. you, angle flyers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went on a tracking jump a, a couple years ago. I went on a tracking jump, and yeah. I went. I'm like, what kind of track is this, man? You guys are killing oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, and and you know that's that's uh, that's a good point. That's just another aspect of skydiving that has to be taken into consideration, right? I mean, that's you know we talk about the big ways being dangerous. You know, it, it you got to be careful. You got the tracking groups. You have to have somebody leading the tracking groups, know what the hell they're doing. And uh, I mean, it's another aspect. Of, of this wonderful sport you know when people say yeah i quit jumping because i got bored i thought are you out of your mind how it's like how many different aspects of this sport are there it's it's uh but it but it does i mean it does show the sport you know how dynamic the sport is that you have now you have movement dives you know and you have so many other aspects the wingsuiters holy crap man they're doing incredible things i, I saw a picture today of this this building size flag that was being jumped over in dubai and wingsuiters are going by it so I'm not going to give anything out, but you need to come to the American Revolution Boogie because there's something like that planned. 
say as much as you can. Like, what do you mean? I mean a flag, wingsuiters, all in the air at the same time at the American Revolution boogie. Yeah. Do I'm excited to see. Yeah. Um, what's going on? Uh, we completely hijacked this conversation. I'm yeah. this this. If you've ever paid attention, we don't have many goals. <laughs> um, American Revolution boogie. What's going on there this year? Well, timeout. The American Revolution boogie. Let's tell people what that is. It's uh, it's it's a Dallas at Spaceland Dallas, and uh, it's something that's been going on for for years. And uh, so when Spaceland moved in and and took over, um, they wanted to make sure that kept going. That and the Super Cup were two of the two uh, traditions at Dallas. And, when when Spaceland bought Dallas, the two biggest questions we had were very simple. Number one, will the load clock stay? Yeah. Number two, will the revolution stay? Yeah, and they did. And, and they, they did. did. Yeah, and we've got organizers coming in. We've got, uh, um, now I'm going blank. Let me list uh, them off. Lewis French. There you go. Laura Wagner. Yes. Brian Leeper. Mm-hmm. DQ. Zach Lewis. Guru. Tex Leos. Yes. Steven Megason. Megason, yeah. And Scotty Levis. And that guy, too. Yeah. And we've got two more, actually, that I'm waiting for confirmation. Guru. Oh, yeah. Guru's going to be there. We're yeah. getting desperate if we got <laughs> Guru. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That guy is, man, he does incredible things. He Hashtag does. fuck Guru. I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. So, and do you remember the Revolution Boogie video from last year that Nick put together? Really nice shot of Guru coming in, swooping across the grass, and then catches a toe or yeah, something. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. <laughs> and Nick goes, I totally got that on video. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, it's really easy to forget which video is which now with Nick's. Well, that's true. Oh, my yeah, God, that does, guy is. He does. You know, we had, the, we had the Veterans Day event this year where we had a Medal of Honor winner, Clarence Sasser, Medal of Honor from Vietnam, and uh, we had him out as our special guest, and we wanted to do a flag jump. Well, you, I don't know if you remember, the weather was shit. It yeah. It was shit. So uh, Adam, our pilot, took up uh, Chad Hall with the flag, and uh, let's see, Scott Elmer, Randy Morgan, and Phil Palmer, three veterans, went up to, to jump smoke, and man, they, they, they found a hole, I mean, and they jumped the flag, and they jumped the smoke, and it was just fucking impressive, and uh, I mean, it was just, it was fantastic, it was fantastic, that's, I mean, that's the kind of event, when stuff like that happens, man, I feel so proud. Um, th- to, to be a part of, of yeah. event organizing stuff like that, man. It was just, yeah, I, I appreciate all they did for us. But uh, back to the American Revolution boogie, you know, we've got all those organizers. I don't know if we're going to have the trapeze out again or not. Last year there was a trapeze With group Bill. that came out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that ca- and the year before there was a, <laughs> there was a mechanical bull. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I was coaching a team. Vaguely, I said, it was really fuzzy. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah <laughs> so you must have had fun. Yeah. yeah. There was a team I was coaching. And I said, don't even think about getting on that bull. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch that thing. Yeah, yeah but it's uh, it's a it's a great time. Sponsors, we have we have a lot of vendors that send reps, and uh, it's a big time. It's a big time there. Yeah, I know Sumpath is already booked for that event. They are. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm guessing PD's probably already booked for that. I hope event. so. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in touch with them, and and uh, you know, I try to get I try to get on their calendar early because you know that they're, they're always in demand. Yeah. But and really, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, it's just December, so you probably won't lock Bo in for another month or so. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, it's that yeah. time. Right? He's um, great to have there. But yeah, I'm positive. And come out so. and jump with the reps, too, by the way, just so people know it. Spaceland events, when a, when a vendor sends a rep, we, we, we get them in the air. I mean, everybody, I mean, if they are jumpers, you know, yeah. if they're able to, we get them in the air. People want to, you know, people want to say, man, I jumped with that PD rep or that cookie rep or, you know, whoever. Uh, Sunpath rep. They want to. They want to be able to do that. And you come to Spaceland events, 
Where's the camera? You come to Spaceland events and you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. It, we're, we're lucky. Hashtag Spaceland spoiled. Back to it. You're we're, right about that. Yeah. You know, we get all these people cruising through. Actually, um, uh, Jesse from Sunpath is going to come be on the show yeah. uh, after the PIA thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So are you going to PIA? Uh, I am. Are you uh, going with Spaceland? Or are yes. you just going in general? Uh, I think I'm going to Spaceland. <laughs> I'm still trying to find out all the details there. So uh, the. Uh, and, you know, the USPA Board of Directors meeting, mm-hmm. the first one of the year is there. So they meet from Friday through Sunday. It's the worst one to go to, by the way. Which one's that? Uh, this one, because it's a brand new board. Oh, it's brand new, yeah. So the but first day, they kick you out of the meeting nonstop to vote for things in private that they oh, have. Oh, is to that vote. right? Yeah. They, they seat the president, vice president, uh, secretary. So oh, you okay. spend the first half of the day at the uh, first okay. board meeting of the term yeah, in yeah. the hallway. Oh, okay. The well, call, yeah. Here's something you could do the day before the board of directors meet. On Thursday, we're having a, we're getting oh, as yeah, many of them yeah. as we can up to Spaceland Dallas to jump. And so, if you want to come out there and you know tell them what a great job that they're doing, <laughs> you can do that or whatever you want to say to them. But yeah, you can hang out with the board of directors and and just uh, just see how cool they are and, and tell them how much you appreciate the fact that they're giving up their time and and uh, for for the good of the sport. The thing I like you say the most is jumping with them would be cool. That that uh, definitely I'm going to support that. Yeah. But tell them what you're thinking, and yep. of course tell them you think they're doing a good job. But the cool part is, is at least the directors I know, and I know a lot of them, mm-hmm. are the ones I know well at least, all are very receptive. You can go up to Jack Pilon in the Southwest or Chuck Acres here in the Gulf yep. and say, "Hey, bro, this is how I feel about this topic," and those two guys are going to listen to you whether they agree with you or not. Sure. They're not going to just give you lip service. They're going to have a good conversation. Yeah. And if you're complaining about what our governing body's doing, but you're not talking to Chuck or Jack or any of these other fellas, yeah. then do you really know what you're talking about? No. no. You know, I hear so many people complain, but, dude, do you know how much Chuck gets paid to be the regional director? Um, I think he makes like a whopping $120 a year. And is that supposed to cover expenses and stuff? That's for your cell phone expenses, yeah. et cetera. I, yeah. I, that was my position. No, it, you get paid nothing. Essentially, you're, it's, it's, he gets paid $120 a year. I believe if I you remember what, the number right. On, if you're watching Chuck from now on after our radio show, you're buying breakfast every time. Yes. We usually we usually alternate, but no, Take no more. that now, Chuck. Now that I know he's making the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, you're only going to like six days of meetings for that. <laughs> yeah. Add like four yeah. travel oh, yeah. days on top yeah. of that. Oh yeah, for How sure. much is a waffle and hash browns though? I mean, that's nothing. Sky uh, gets it for free. He's <laughs> the mascot. It, uh, right. I got it for uh, eight bucks before I came here tonight. <laughs> Where did you go? Which one? Over on uh five eighteen uh, here? Gulf. Yeah, I uh, know it's on. Waze took me over to the Gulf Freeway. Okay. Yeah, because I was over there anyway, so I I, th- I had time. There is a Waffle House not too far down the road from this place. Oh, like, from this place, yeah, yeah but off of off of two eighty eight, it's a it's a Waze. Waze, you said Waze. Waze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking um, for those endorsements. Yeah, hey Waze, pick <laughs> yeah. us up, man. That's right. Maybe Spaceland will do something for you one day wearing that nice pretty hat of yours. Oh, hey, there you go. Hey. Yeah, there you go. So one of the things you do beyond uh, the P3 camps is a lot of coaching. You also do some player coaching. I have I have done that, yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you doing a team this year? Uh, working on it. Working on it? Working on it, yeah. So I'd obviously not too many details. Get that. When you say working on it, you have something coming together. You just don't have the details yet, or Correct. you're not sure? Yeah. Well, no, I'm pretty sure just working on some details, getting some things ironed out. Yeah? Yeah. Um, player coach kind of situation? or Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, player coach. I um I like seeing you in the player coach role. It's always fun, but I like also seeing you in just the role with everybody as your a peers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just because yeah. it's usually a higher level team. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate, you know, to be with some 
with some great teams at nationals for sure. But I think player coach is really better your role as much as I like seeing the other way. Because um, you give well, back a lot. Well, I, I and I and I do. I mean, what good does it do for me to keep all that stuff to myself? You know, it, it doesn't do any good. But you know, when I'm when I'm with uh, like the amphibious attack tigers, I, I'm learning from all these guys. These guys are. I mean, they're so much better skydivers than me. They haven't figured that out yet, but they are so much better than I am that I learn from them. And it, and and uh, you know, I I think everybody. Well, not everybody, but I think most people would want to be on a team where maybe they're not the best, and they have to push themselves to become better. And man, that's a great situation when you're in, when you do that. Any yeah. team I'm ever on in the future, or ever should be on, I want to be the second worst person always. The second worst. That way, I'm never the <laughs> yeah. worst guy, yeah. and I always guy. have shitloads to learn from people. <laughs> yeah. But like, I got as many people above me to learn from. Oh yeah, and minus one. Yeah, yeah that's, that just—I mean—that makes you a better skydiver for sure. Oh yeah. man, getting challenged, getting yeah. pushed, and so many jumpers train. And like AFF courses, well, I'm going to jump with as many noobs as I can to yeah. get good and ready for an AFF course. Sure. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really, I, I see back to four-way competitors. When you show up as the worst person on your group, you're getting pushed way more. You are. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. I know I when you're Justin's sky- getting tired of hearing this over there. When you're skydiving with me, you're waiting on me the entire time, which means you're not doing anything. Right. right. When I'm skydiving with you, I'm always flying trying to catch up to you. Well, that's, that's a good place to be, right? Exactly, yeah, that's man. a good place to be. So yeah. if you feel like you're always behind and you're the slowest guy, you're learning the most. You're getting you the most be. bang for your fucking dollar. You should be. It should motivate you to get better because you don't want to sl- you don't want to bring the team down to your level. You want to get up to their level. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. we started the show, we mentioned a good buddy, Eric Jen, and God. Yeah. First of all, Eric Jen, uh, you probably never listened to this stuff, but love you, buddy, Misha, good guy. Yeah. Um, Eric and John Judy and Billy Andrews would take me on some four way jumps for with fast track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another buddy of mine, Billy Doherty, and my gosh. They're always ahead of us. This is back when they were fast tracks winning medals. And to sit there and watch these guys waiting on me and trying to keep up with them, it drove yeah. me, man. It yeah. was such it's, a good feeling. And it, it's, you know, I I, uh, I mean, when you get in a situation like that where you're with people so much better than you, it, it's actually the easiest skydive you'll make because they're all doing their job. All you got to do is your job. You don't have to worry about somebody over here or there waiting on that Man, it's, yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to make jumps with, some of the some of the airspeed guys before and i remember one time i got to jump with dan and jack jeffries and uh i think it was neil houston and uh dan told me he said this this is gonna be the easiest guy i've ever made <laughs> i thought are you kidding man we got all ah, i gotta do and he said no man just just fly he said and he was right it was yeah. it was a blast I brain locked about six times, but you know, other than that, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> on regular skydives, you're compensating for other things. On yeah. those skydives, you're compensating for yourself, that's and it. that's it, man. That's it. If you can, if you can do the things that you've learned to do, yeah, yeah. And you can do them so naturally. You can really, yeah. when, when you're the worst guy, everything you're doing is learning you. It's true. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's what keeps the sport. I mean, that's why I've been around for so long, despite what people, <laughs> some people aren't too crazy about. It. But that's why I've been around because it's just I'm constantly learning, always learning. You know, it's any sport, any any passion that somebody has, if they can keep learning, I mean, that's going to that's going to keep them around. It's going to keep them interested. Yeah. I I always love the idea. Skydiving is extremely easy to learn. It's impossible to master. It's yeah, it's very difficult. And that's what keeps me coming back, man. And there's things that you, I, Justin, we all understand extremely well. And we understand exactly how we can do this. 
and I can never seem to do it that way, <laughs> man. Right. Can't get the body to, to cooperate Ooh, sometimes, man. yeah. If my body yeah. would do what my mind wants it to do, yeah. I'd have abs. But you know, so <laughs> <laughs> you'd have a six-pack, not a keg, huh? Yeah. Um, but you know, and sometimes that's the problem, is if we would just let our muscles do what they know how to do and get the hell out of the way, I mean, we would perform better. It's You can see people... It's, there's a book called The Inner Game of Tennis, and, and uh, which has nothing to do with skydiving, but it's all, a lot of mental stuff. And it talks about how you can spend eight hours a day learning a, the best backhand in mm -hmm. tennis, and then you get in a competition, and your mind starts going, you got to hit it harder. you got to go faster. you got to... All of a sudden, you can't even hit the ball back to the net. You know, and it's, it's the same thing in skydiving. You go to the tunnel, you spend all this time teaching your muscles how to perform, and then get the hell out of the way. Let them, let them do what you've taught them to, you know, and that's... When people start realizing that, one of, one of the drills I do, and I, I don't know if we're going to I hope we're not running out of time, but one of the we're drills I do. I'm the, writing down the inner game of tennis, though. Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. just me writing down yeah. that book. Um, so one of the, when I see somebody having trouble with turning in place, it's 360 turns in the tunnel. You know, they're having trouble. They're doing their head switches too early, too late. They're trying to do this, trying to do that. What I'll do is I'll actually have them close their eyes and do a 360. And almost 100% almost of the time, their turns are in place. Because they're not trying to see too much. They're not trying to make things happen. They're just letting their muscles do what their muscles know how to do. And it's they come around and their eyes are like that big around. Like, Holy crap, how did they do that? Yeah. And it's, again, you know, muscle memory. It can be a great yeah. thing <laughs> unless, they, unless you taught them the wrong thing. And I tell people, I said, you know, good habits are just as hard to break as bad habits. You know, you learn the good habits, man, you're golden. You... Four-way coaching is one of the things you do. Another thing you do is you work with a group called Architects, and and you said good habits are or muscle memory is great unless you have to break right. habits. Right. Architects works with anybody. It does. But yeah. it is highly focused on new flyers as well. Um, we get it. We get a lot of new flyers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I hear people regularly. I was recently told by a buddy, and and I understand what he was thinking. But he's like, I'm not good enough for coaching yet. I'm gonna wait till I get good enough to get coaching. Ooh. That's now, a that's, a, that's a mistake. Will so, you ever get good enough to if you don't start with so coaching? So why do you say that's a mistake? And this guy and I had a conversation. Yeah. He, he totally agrees with you now. Sure. So, but you why? Get, why you do get you get in there by yourself and you you're learning? You're you think you're doing something that that you're supposed to be doing it the way you're supposed to be doing it. So your muscles are learning. Hey, this is the way we're supposed to do a turn. This, yeah. Hey, I need to look over this shoulder until I can't see anything, and then snap my head around, and, and you think, hey, I'm golden now. And then you get in with a coach, and he goes. Who the hell taught you that? Well, nobody. Ah, exactly. You know, so, um, you know, start with the, start learning the right way, and you don't have to worry about breaking those bad habits. I mean, first time I got in a tunnel in Orlando, I probably had four or 5,000 jumps, and I, with shit, I got out of the tunnel, and the instructor goes, uh, so what'd you think about our tunnel? I said, well, it's, ah, it's nice, but the air in there is so much different than up there, and he goes, what do you mean? I said, look, man, there's no way I move around the air like that, and he goes, yeah, you probably do. I said, what? But we're we're grabbing onto each other and holding on and doing things. He said, that's because you're chasing each other around the sky. Yeah, because you don't know in the air. You don't have a reference. So um, so you talk about somebody who had a lot of bad habits to break. Man, holy crap. Yeah, it was, uh, again, a flailer. When I started jumping and when I started the tunnel, some would say I'm still a flailer, but I, hopefully I don't flail quite as bad as I used to. But that's usually on purpose. Uh, You're doing that to make everybody yeah. around you feel better. Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did that on purpose. Good. Yeah, when I went over my back on that exit, it was like, hey, look at me. Yeah. So yeah. One of the favorite things 
one of the things that makes me laugh about you is you make mistakes, but you own them, and so many jumpers try to cover it up. You have to own them. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. on a friend's 100th jump. I had like 7,000 jumps. Guess who funneled the exit? <laughs> this guy right here. It happens. Now, it I happens. recovered, and we pulled it off. Yeah. I don't know what asshole I pulled it out of, but yeah. I did. That uh, The muscle memory, because see what happens when people learn to exit, when they learn the proper way to exit, they know what it feels like. They know what it's supposed to feel. They could do it with their eyes closed. And so when you have an exit that isn't quite right, your muscles say, I got this. Mm-hmm. And they're fixing things without you really thinking about it. That in the arch. Trust the arch. <laughs> arc, arc, that's arc. Long time. That's like the last thing I say on airplane when we're doing the hands <laughs> thing. Trust the arch. <laughs> it uh, always works. I, 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 I do want to, for one second, say don't rely on the arch, too, because so many brand new jumpers and students oh. try to arch so hard and so deep, yeah. and it's about a relaxed arch. It is, yeah. It is. I mean, like you'll see... Like you'll see somebody small. I would say a little, a little girl, but you know sometimes it's guys that are really small and light, and they arching their asses off, and they go, "I don't need lead. I can arch." Okay, let's go out and take a grip on me, you know. And then, <laughs> as soon as they stick their hand out, they're fifty feet up, you know. So, like you say, the arch. I mean, know, know how to use that arch effectively yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I love. Your I love sta- taking mentees that are that are floating and out floating them. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's> like, <laughs> that's the best. That's impossible. He just defied gravity. Yeah. <laughs> He's going up. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I, I hear regularly, Valerie, is is a small gal. She's tall, but yeah. she's slender. Sure. Uh, she's about 5'8", and I'm going to get in trouble for telling my wife's weight. But when we started dating, she weighed about 120 pounds at 5'8". Yeah. I mean, so she's gotten big in our time together. I was going to say, so she's lost weight. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> How you doing, Valerie? She's How like a buck 25 now. <laughs> um, so she was told by a lot of our friends uh, arch, 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 learn to fly your body before you put lead on. Yeah. And it was around 200 jumps, maybe. A good friend of ours, back to Eric Jen, yeah. was doing some coaching with her, and he's like, you need to put lead on. Yeah. And she had no clue how to skydive now. Oh, yeah? Because of course, she, yeah. you don't learn to fly your body. When yeah. you're telling a new jumper, learn to fly your body first. When they're yeah. arching that much, they're not flying their body. They're not. No, no. Yeah. They're not. It's, it's, yeah. And again, then muscle memory, they have to... They have to break that muscle memory, yeah. yeah. Didn't, let me ask you something. DJ, didn't you have somebody on the show one time took their shirt off? Do Tex, I remember? <laughs> Tex and Nick. Tex and Nick? Oh, and then Riley had the man. Have you seen? You know Riley, right? From Riley the female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to be with Whoa, Infinity. Oh, I missed that episode. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be with Infinity. She's with yeah. Vector now, UPT. Yeah, okay. She's got this oh, bathing suit. with UPT. Honey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She got this bathing suit. That looks like a man's body, hairy chest and all. Oh, yeah? So she's oh. sitting in that chair with her infinity jersey on yeah. and just takes it off as we're starting to talk. And she got it up just past her belly button as I'm talking. Yeah. And I see this hairy belly button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what the? That's a little hard to keep talking. Well, huh? uh, yeah. the, and she gets yeah. the rest of the way off. And oh, okay. So. Yeah. Did, she, did, uh, did Cole ever, uh, did she ever respond? No, I didn't okay. see. So Cole, Cole likes to. I'm noise. not going to take my shirt off. Like, my curve. Your curve? No, but I'm going to do something a little different, okay, with your permission. No, go for it, man. So, Scott, for those of you just watching, is now standing up. Is that standing? <laughs> He's pulling his pants. Oh, I know where <laughs> this is going, Cola. So, uh, Cola is a good friend of ours, owns Blue Skies Magazine. It is a, a great magazine. I love parachutists, but they have some regulation. Uh, Blue Skies is owned by Cola, and Scott is wearing tights. Nick would be proud of you. He's a tight man himself. So we've got Scott. Um, if you're only listening to this and not watching it, you've done yourself a favor because I now know how much of a man Scott is or isn't. Is not. 
How come you keep at the least, air conditioner on here so cold? At oh. least that leg covers it up for the camera. <laughs> yes. Here, this is known as Ben's boner pillar pillow. Ben would sit here with us the whole time. Oh, is that right? So we got comments that it's his boner. Would you like he? Ben's boner pillow? Oh, that's right. That's no. a, it's cold in here. I'm okay. If I was taller, you could read the whole thing. But uh, instead, it just says bleh. bleh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. see it. Can you get it? Bleh. Okay, these guys. So Cole, if you're not watching, too bad. Cola, man. What? It's Blue Skies Magazine. I love them. Yeah. Dude, I miss Skydive the Magazine, though. Oh, yeah. With Mike Truffer's uh, magazine. Oh, my that God. Was the, the thing about Truffer is he always had an op-ed in it, and it, it always generated discussion. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he was trying to... It wasn't like Facebook nowadays where people are just trying to get under people's skin. He, he had very well thought out thoughts, ideas, and, you know, it generated discussion. And, yeah. Yeah, we miss Mike. Mike, Man, yeah. you knew you were going to go to the drop zone after you got your latest skydive mag to oh, yeah. talk to people sure. and they're going to the conversations. He in, he in, he incited intelligent conversations. He did, yeah. Not yeah. trolling for yeah. internet fights. Yeah, he was a good good guy. Another we have a lot of good people in this sport, man. It's uh, we're we're very lucky to be a part of this sport. The community yeah. is absolutely amazing, man. For sure. It really for sure, is. Yeah. Even though you did Waz's show first. Yeah, how'd that happen? I think we just couldn't ever get together. Oh, you, we've talked yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. And you're one of those guys I, I actually, I call my ace in the holes. We talked about this with LMB as well. Yeah. Is when you're local and you have easy access like we do to each other. It's like, man, sure. I can save this. This is like, well, hey, I, appreciate I, that. I, I need a ringer. Well, I, I appreciate that. You got to yeah. save a few ringers. So, <laughs> Like text. Oh, text dude. for sure, yeah. The stories text tells is ridiculous. He is. Yeah, he's, he's, and he's got great stories. I mean, he does... I mean, some of the stuff he's done, like he went to Japan with the Red Bull uh, four-way dynamic team and stuff. It's just, we're lucky to have him. We're really lucky to have him. Yeah. He, just a, a crazy individual, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your world, you've done a few things. I want to kind of step away. P- getting pe- People getting to know their heroes, and it's weird to say you're somebody's hero. That is weird. Uh, yeah. the, the, you're weird. <laughs> you remind me of the movie Ant-Man if you're a hero. I oh. never saw the movie. Oh. No, it's a short joke. Get it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe he dressed in drag or something. But one of your previous <laughs> lives has kind of led to Scotty skull scrapings. Oh, yeah. so you used to do yeah. what for fun? I used to st- uh, do stand up comedy. Yeah, and and several many many years ago, I did about three years of stand up comedy. Yeah, and I I attempted to do stand up comedy. I you know I I listen uh. to I see these people on you know that have the HBO special stuff, and I think man, now those guys are comedians. I was just up there just. Flailing. Open mic. What I was fla- There's another example when I was flailing. Away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, it, it um, so a guy had a had a comedy workshop there in in uh, Beaumont, and uh, I thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in. I was a class clown in high school because people don't beat up class cl- class clowns, so I was a class clown, and uh, and so I went. And I was the only person that showed up, <laughs> so I got a lot of individualized attention. And part of the deal was after you know after you went through the class. Then you got five minutes at a at a local uh, uh, local pub, I guess you know, open mic night type thing. So, and that went fairly well, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, it was it was in Port Arthur, Texas, which is a blue collar town, and they don't want to hear about clean stuff. They want to hear all the dirty stuff. And well, I got I got pretty comfortable with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. up your wheelhouse. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, and they had a. One year they had a, it, I remember it was 1988 because the jacket says 1988. They had a funniest person in triangle contest, and somehow I won, and uh, I just kind of went from there, and I kept doing it. And it just, I mean, it, it, 
when 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 you look at the people that do it for a living that tour around everything i mean it's a lot of work it's a, it's a tremendous amount of work and when you're you know when you're married and got kids and all it's it you just don't have the time to keep up with it so it's a lot of road life it is yeah it is i didn't travel that much i'd go to louisiana for stuff mm-hmm. um and uh so i didn't travel that much which was good but it, it was still you know, if if you play the same, if you do your gigs in the same place week after week, you can't do the same jokes week after week. You got to come up with, with you know, you kind of keep some of the ones that worked, which is funny because the thing that worked last week, this week it's like nobody laughs. It's like what, what the hell happened to my audience? I want to bring my audience back. You know, I like last week's yeah. better. They're yeah, not so drunk enough. That that's <laughs> it. Yeah, the more you drink, the funnier I get. So yeah, so it it was kind of strange. It was a lot of work and it was a lot of fun, but it was. I mean, I I can't imagine people doing it for a living. I mean, they gotta they gotta be they gotta be more poor than skydivers for longer to get to that point where they're making money. Dude, it's uh what one of my past lives when I first started skydiving, I worked uh, two jobs. My second job was working in a club. Yeah. And I worked in a club at night that we were com- commonly a comedy show. It was a fifteen hundred person venue. Some nights we were a club. Some nights we were a concert. Some what did nights you do we there? were a comedy show. Um, assistant to the GM, yeah. which means bitch. Uh, okay. Not assistant GM. Yeah. Assistant to, to the, the GM. GM. There's a there's a definite, <laughs> definite difference in those two titles. Yeah. So there's days I would show up and I would help with security, and yeah. I wasn't a bouncer, but I would just run around and help things. Yeah. Um, there were days I would show up and be a bar back. There's a day I would show up and drive the van to take the talent around. Whatever needed to be done. Yeah, yeah. man. Just yeah. Cu- just just club bitch. But man, yeah. it was so much fun, and a lot of comedians met a lot of fun guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. And saw a lot of cool acts. Um, yeah. Man, th- those guys work fucking hard, and they make nothing. They they do, yeah, they do. I went to a, a comedy club one time and saw a comedian, and then about two weeks later, I saw him on one of the late night talk shows, and he was doing the same bits that he did. You know, th- the 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 host would ask him questions, which kind of feed him, and he was doing the same bits. And I thought, that's how they do that. I thought he was just really funny on on <laughs> TV, and he's you know he's working his bits. So that was an eye opener for me that that stuff like that happens. Yeah. It's uh the the one thing that's been weird for Gravity Lab is when you when I was on Waz's show as well. Yeah. He yeah. said he gives you this email with like take this questionnaire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I answered a lot of his questionnaire with you'll find out on your show. Oh, is that right? Ask me on the show. Oh yeah. But yeah. he knows my style. It's this yeah. is a candid conversation. Sure. Let's kick oh, yeah. back and relax. Well, he he sent mine to me like two months before the show, so by the time the show happened, I'd forgotten about all his questions. He'd say stuff like. So uh, you were a wrestler in college. I went, how in the hell did you find that out? He said, oh, it's on your phone. I went, oh, yeah. You're a wrestler in college? Well, it was one, it was one wrestling match. that uh, It was an intramural type of thing, and I didn't have any friends when I started college. I didn't know anybody. I thought, well, I'm going to go down there and ended up winning my class somehow. I don't know. <laughs> that shows you how bad the other guys were. But, uh, yeah, and then that, I, I retired. I retired from wrestling at the time. Undefeated. Go out as a champ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should join the UFC, man. You should get some fights now. Oh yeah, those guys are those guys are animals. Jeez. So you the comedy thing did how far did you take it? Were you ever an opener? Did you ever No. So no, it was it was just local all small local scene. Local stuff, yeah. And then and then when it got to the point where I realized that in order to do anything with it I have to start traveling and, and this, that and the other and, and you know, going to classes, you know, because I mean there's a lot to be learned about comedy. Um, I just, I just said, I, I just don't have time. I just don't have time. So yeah, it, it just kind of ended. And then, and then, uh, uh, so Chuck, um, I, apparently some of the stuff I put on Facebook has some sort of humor to it. 
And so he was talking to uh, Dan Gallo, whose show it is, the radio program, and he said, hey, you know, his friend of mine, you know, let's see if we can, you know, get him on for a couple minutes or something like that. So I would call in from home at first, and it was just a call-in show, and then finally Chuck said, you know, why don't you just come in? You know, okay, because I'd like to see how this stuff works. So I started going into the to the station and just kind of, and I don't know, I don't know if Chuck's watching, but if you are, Chuck, I don't know how long we've been doing it. Five, or four or five years. It's past I think. his bedtime, man. That oh, guy's well, got to wake up at like two true, in the yeah. morning to get to work. Yeah, he's got to be on the radio at five o'clock in the morning. So a lot and of the, people listening might not know, but Chuck Acres is in the Gulf region, owned a drop zone for many years, been in the sport for many years, is our regional director for our area, USPA, um, has done a great job representing our region as well. Um, and is also part of a radio show. Right. Yeah, so um, yeah. I, I know it's weird. People still listen to that thing in your car with a dial called it FM is. radio. It is, yeah. <laughs> FM radio has turned into AM radio. I guess it has, yeah. It really has. I guess it has, yeah. And Country Legends, 97.1 FM, by yeah. the way, yeah. It's, um, it, it's, I listen to Pandora in my car yeah, or podcast. Do I don't, man, I, I don't. My, I have an older car, 67. Mm-hmm. That one I play the actual FM radio on because that's yeah. the only thing I can do. Sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah. my other car, dude, I don't have any channel set. I don't know any channels. <laughs> I don't know any stations. But, oh, yeah, because you never listen to it. Yeah. I don't touch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, my car's in the shop right now. It's going to come back with a battery reset. And I'm like, oh, yeah. there's radio. I, there's yeah. a dial. There's, there is. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So then I'll tell it to remember how to play my phone again, and I'll be a happy There man. you go. Then you'll be able to drive. Yeah. yeah. So, Scotty, skull scrapings, what do you do? I actually, I have uh, to say I've never listened because I don't listen to the radio. That's, that's all right. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I just, I do a lot of topical humor. Try to keep it light, not get into too much into politics or religion or anything like that. Just try to find some of the humor and stuff that's going on around us. Um, like uh, the other day I did one about Walmart uh, Black Friday. Apparently, uh, apparently Walmart didn't do a good job of stocking up on the more popular items like iPhones, 4K TVs. And uh, so, you know, there was a lot of problems, but in Walmart's defense, and, and so topical humor is you start with a fact. Okay. You start with, a, and that's a fact. Walmart had some had, had issues, and then you kind of maybe deviate from the, from the facts after that. And I said, but in their defense, they have figured out that what they can do, though, is they can pair shoppers up with similar-sized shoppers so that at least you're fighting in your own weight class. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you do stuff like that. And again, you start with a fact, because then people are going, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, Bill Clinton this or, you know, Donald Trump that. But I try not to get too heavy into, into politics. And uh, it's two or three minutes. You know, Dan doesn't want it to be too long. And, and the thing about being on the radio is you don't have any idea how good it's going because you have no audience whatsoever except for these two guys. It's crickets. And if Chuck's laughing. If Chuck's laughing, then it helps, yeah. And, yeah. and Dan. Yeah, and Dan. And I, I have to send my script in ahead of time because occasionally I'll, I may come up with something that Dan goes, yeah, that's not right for our audience, or, you know, I don't want to get phone calls or stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, politics or PC has yeah. to come into play. Well, it does, yeah. And and uh, the, the the demographic of the, of the audience for 97.1, it's country legends. So it's an older, it's usually an older. Mature crowd. Ma- more mature crowd, although a lot of times when. But wait a minute, you and Chuck are on it. How can we say mature? Well, that, <laughs> and that, that kills me when they have a video game on TV and rated M for mature. I'm going, really? It's a video game. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, but, you know, so he, he wants to make sure I don't offend anybody too much. Nah, but, sure. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. You know, when I'm in town on Fridays, I'll go up there and it's just fun to hang out with those guys. I mean, they, they are consummate professionals on the radio. It's now when, they're, when we're not broadcasting, it's a whole different ball game. But, you know, on the ra- when these guys are on the radio, they're just, I mean, they're the, they're the best at their craft. It's amazing. 
it's definitely one thing I've liked about podcasting is is the, the handcuffs are off. We don't answer to anybody. Yeah. Oh Completely yeah. Completely independent. Yeah, so it's we like say satellite well, radio, right? I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, say and do sure. what you want, which uh, yeah. obviously we're getting rich doing this. Sorry, our our <laughs> studio is not nearly as as fancy. <laughs> well, you got a couch and a chair and like computer screens and yeah, it's pretty but comfortable. Hey, it we is did comfortable. just get Blue Skies Magazine to share our video. Oh, is it? Oh, right? hey, <laughs> right. oh what's up? Check it out, Cola. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you say when when you're in town, you do these things with yeah. with Chuck. So yeah. you travel a lot. I. I for skydiving, I do, yeah. For for Spaceland events and also um, I, I organize at other events like down at Skydive City or up at uh, Do Skydive a lot with Orange. Guy Wright. Uh, Guy Wright, I, I I do some with him. Uh-huh. You know, he he uh, when I'm I, when I'm lucky enough to work with him, I do I do things. Usually we bring him to Texas and I get to do something with him, but occasionally we'll do s- something at a different Spaceland drop zone. And uh, he's a lot of fun. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for years and he's good at it. And People like jumping with him, yeah. And one that I think the trickiest things about organizing, and I haven't done a lot of high-level or big organizing, but some smaller stuff, is not putting people necessarily where they want. Yeah. Not necessarily putting people where they're best at, yeah. but people putting people where it's best for the formation. Yeah, well, and, yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, it depends what you're trying to do, right? I mean, yeah. if it's a camp, you want to put people, you want to you want to put people where they're, where they need some work, or they want to practice doing something, but if it's you know if it's something where you want to you know people have paid a lot of money to be there, you want it to be successful. Yeah. And uh, so you try to you try to put people where where it, like you say it's best for the group. Yeah. I want you to go back to that camp idea though, because so many people will show up and like I did Raul's big way camp. Yeah. And the first thing he did is, of course, they're newer jumpers, so he puts them in a place where they're comfortable for the first few exits. Right. Oh have yeah. Have you done one of his yeah. big way camps? I have not done one of his, but I've talked to people that have, and it's it. Sounds to me like he does a great job. Oh, he does a phenomenal yeah. job. And one of his policies and one of the things he's been doing is, if you've been to my camp, when I do a day of organized big way stuff, stuff, if you've been to my camp, you can join it. Yeah. And, uh, dude, next he time he does it. that, let's get on it together. Let's do that. Let's yeah. go play. Yeah. It would be so much fun. But I, I like that he puts those noobs immediately in a spot they're comfortable with, but very quickly he convinces them. Yeah. Build he, that little bit of confidence. And that way... They're okay with that many people in the air, and they're okay with you know whatever it is. And then, and then when they do something different, they at least have that comfort level. No, well, like I know that when we break off, everybody knows what they're doing and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go to that uncomfortable slot, that place that you don't know, because you're there to learn. Sure. And even if it's never going to be a slot you're familiar with or use, yeah. man, it sure is nice to see w- from the other side. The fact you've seen it, yeah. The fact you've seen it for sure. And it could be a little thing like uh, if you're practicing formation loads, you put the trail plane on the on the right because that way they can see the plane, right? So mm-hmm. everybody when they when they leave the the plane, they see the formation. So then what you do is you move that trail plane over to the left, so they have they can't see until they leave the plane and actually come to the other side. So you know little things like that. I mean you get you have to learn that. You, the last thing you want to do is go to a big wave and go. Well, you know I'm I'm really not comfortable over on this side of the formation. Could you move me somewhere else? And they go, sure. There's the door, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, that's it, it's a great opportunity for people to learn how to learn those po- aspects of big way locally. You don't have to travel. It doesn't cost you a tremendous amount of money. I guess I'm not sure what it costs. Not. And you can even apply it to your everyday jumps. I, I yeah. watch four way guys who go out and do four way with other friends, and they say, "Hey, that's my mirror. I want to fly that slot because I want to see what they're looking at." Oh yeah, yeah. 
it, you know, it, it's flying. And then like, I see guys who go, that's my slot. I'm flying that because it's my slot. Like, yeah. man, yeah. the last thing I want to do on a fun jump is do what I normally oh, do. Yeah. yeah, this is your chance to have a little fun with something different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, I see, I, sometimes I'll see somebody has been doing four-way for a while, and somebody will come up and say, hey, you know, I need a little help with the outside center slot. And they'll go, you know, I've only I've only flown inside center. I, I really don't know what goes on out there. And I'm thinking, how can you not be listening when a coach is telling people what to do? I'm, it's, it just boggles my mind that, uh, you know, that people get so focused on that slot. Because you may have an opportunity to go on a, you know, a, a great adventure. And it's like, well, I, you know, I, I've never, I, I have no idea what's going on with that slot. So I'm not going to do it. It's just crazy. That kind of goes all the way back to the, the, skydive movie or video thing that you said earlier where people are watching the video before a debrief yeah yeah man show up and, and with Raul's camp or any camp i've been to i learn more by listening to what they're telling everybody else sure oh yeah because what he's going to tell me about me there's a reasonable chance i'm already clued in at least yeah. at this point in my life sure he's probably going to help me more than i'm going to help myself yeah but I'm not thinking about these other things because they don't apply to me. Right. And so when he starts talking about what Scott did or what Justin did, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that yeah. never crossed my mind. And God, dude, it's 8,000 jumps and 20 years later, I learned so much listening to our old talk about a piece oh, of yeah. Scott I've had nothing to do with. See, that's, and that's important that you, that you listen to it and you learn. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, we said something earlier about getting in a situation where you don't, you don't, exa you don't know exactly what to do, but... I was uh, I was coaching an eight-way team one time at the XP tunnel, and there's a block in eight-way. It's it's uh, block 15, and and uh, anyway, there's a move where these these two people have a grip and they switch places with that grip. And so I was coaching somebody, and they just they were having trouble with it. And they said, "Well, well go in there and show me how it's done." So I hop in there, I take the grip, and then I think, "I've never flown this slow. <laughs> <laughs> I better I better remember what the hell I've been telling people, you know." So you have to you have to just do that. You have to say, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to do it without worrying about making a mistake, without people, you know, seeing me and stuff like that, and just do it, and then you'll learn from it. You know, that's, that's how we learn, right? It's sure. By making mistakes. I, I tell people in the tunnel that the biggest impediment to learning in the tunnel is those walls, and it's not running into them. It's the fact that they're clear, and all your buddies out there are watching you, and you do something, you end up on your back, and they're all laughing at you, but you know what? You know what not to do next time. And you have to you have to realize it's your money and your time, and you better make the most of it. And you only do that by making mistakes, finding out where the edge is, and step back from it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. man, you, I didn't. I I was gonna say the walls because you run into them. Well, you, you know, do that clear thing is. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see people. I mean, they'll do something, and you know that they could that they could do a little bit. They could just push it a little bit harder to find out where that limit is, but they're not doing it because all their buddies are out there. Yeah, man, it's. If I take a tumble on a skydive, if I if I screw something up, I'm the first one afterwards to take a bow and go, laugh away, folks. <laughs> that's, that's me. It's that gonna me, happen. Yeah. It does. It does. It happens to everybody, and and that's how you learn. And you and you, like you say, you got to own up to it, yeah. because the first time that as an organizer, especially if you're an organizer and you make a mistake and you don't own up to it, you've just lost the respect of the people that are there. But if you say, you know what, that exit was me. It was all me. I didn't present. You know, I I I got lazy on exit. Whatever. People respect that. But the first time that you go, well, so-and-so over here screwed it up, and people are watching the video going, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, you got to own up to it. you got to own up to it for sure. Ownership is just, it seems like a lacking part of growth today, not just in skydiving. I, I have no comments about millennials in any way. I think they're great people. <laughs> I'm saying society in general. Yeah. Snowflake. Are you a snowflake, <laughs> technically? 
Are you a millennial technically? By like one year, it pisses me off. <laughs> do you do you vote for people only if they have a hyphen in their name? Is that, is that <laughs> Val made me hyphenate my last name when we got married. That's not funny. Is your name hyphenated? <laughs> I took her last name. Her last name is Marvin, not much. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she is. Uh, who is it up in uh, Chris uh, Chris Storm and Willow? You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's her last name. I think. I believe he took her last name. Yeah. So I, I don't know Willow Storm. Well, I've met yeah. her, but I've known who Willow Storm is for a while before yeah. she was ever married to Chris. And I just thought that was weird that the name was the same. Yeah. No, I think that was it. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's the way. And if you ever if, if you ever have any kind of issue, you know, muscles that hurt or, or pains, that woman, she'll break you in a good way. She's a miracle. I mean, that woman <laughs> is she's got a, she's amazing. She is amazing. I, I can't say enough about her. If, if you have any kind of issues, man, that woman is a woman to go to. That woman is a person to go to, yeah. 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 Right now, we don't have a lot of great massages running around the drop zone. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, used to, uh, you, we used to have two or three of them. They, they come were, and go in phases. They were really, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess skydivers don't tip that well, I guess. Sure you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you up on a skydive. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so. I got a tip for you, man. Flare sooner. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it, yeah. One of the things you just mentioned is in the tunnel, somebody said, hey, show me, and you're going to fly that slide. You're like, I've never flown this before. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I have to think about it. So I know for coaching for me, something that really has been interesting is all the teaching of it. How does that play into your skill set? As you've taught more, as you've instructed or coached more? It's a, You know what? That's, a, that's the best way to learn something is having to explain it. You know, when you have to explain it, man, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm laying, laying down here. <laughs> what do I need to do? Here we go. How's that? How's that? Breaker, breaker, That's one good. nine. Can you? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, coaching is, is when you have to explain something to somebody, you have to break it down. I mean, you can't you can't say somebody, how do I turn? Well, I just, you know, I just turn. You know, just turn. I mean, I've seen coaches in the tunnel that somebody will be having a problem turning, and they'll just turn. And they'll go, do it like this. And they'll turn. I'm thinking, yeah. You know, that looked good. <laughs> you know, the last time somebody did that to me, I didn't learn a damn thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, so... I mean, it, it, if you want to, if you really want to learn something, try to explain it to somebody. Yeah, it's you tough. It's tough to do. You go to that ten thousand hour point again. You do. Yeah, yeah, you really do. You know, thinking about it, digesting it, and yeah. one of the things that makes me chuckle to myself when I'm coaching anybody, whether it's canopy or, or, or AFF courses or things, is when they ask a question and I answer it, and they don't understand, and they get apologetic. I'm sorry, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And they make me re-explain it in a different way. I'm like, man, you're now making me understand it better. You are, yeah. And if you listen to them, they'll tell you exactly what they need. Like if they say, you know, well, I feel like you're saying this, as opposed to, well, it, it looks to me like, you know, words like that tell you how they learn. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it makes it. When I, uh, when I was uh, getting my uh, IBA belly coach rating, I, um, Marlon gave me some things to read. Keep that thing more straight to your face. Yeah. It's like an arrow. There we go. There you go. How are we doing there? Hey, How you doing? that was <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Marlon gave me some documents to read, and and it talked a, a lot about when you're co when you're trying to instruct, listen mm -hmm. to the feedback that you get because that tells you exactly how people learn. Yeah. And uh, I probably should have written that stuff down earlier because there's like three or four different ways that people learn, and once you once you figure that out, man, it you you can you can they they learn so much more instead of just again nobody's a cookie cutter you can't just cookie cut how to coach somebody the best yeah. coaches coach the way they learn 
Yeah. And at the same time, eventually help them learn to learn in a better way for them, yeah. which might not be my way. Oh, yeah. But I can mold, I can mold to your, your learning oh, style. Sure, sure. Yeah. One of the things that I think we do okay at sometimes as coaches, not all of us is listen, but something that's helped me a lot is, is acknowledging what they're saying when they don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So wait a minute. You're telling me this is what you understand. Yeah. And it, it's done two things for me. Number one, I for sure listen to you. Number two, validating their feelings helps them go like, yes, you understand me. Sure. Oh, yes, yeah. you've invested. It, it makes, dude, you're, you're giving their word value. Whether it's right or it's wrong, you should value what they're saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. So validate them and understand them. Yeah. And my God, dude, I, I know when I go out and do certain things in the sky that I've coached recently, my mechanics are sharp. They're crisp. My timing timing's autonomous because I've made them walk or move that thing. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Teach somebody else. It, it is such a huge thing. It is. Yeah, it is. And back to it, man. You you play your coach. I love the player coach role for you because to me, and you please tell me if I'm wrong. As much as you love skydiving, sharing it with other people seems to be probably your largest passion. It. it so wait a minute. Reagan's your largest passion. Oh, <laughs> I got I got six grandchildren, so I can't say Reagan's my largest. I love all my grandchildren. She's the one that I spent the most time in the tunnel with. But, uh, you know, Jack Burke one time, t it used to be in skydiving, there were clicks. And mm -hmm. I, there may be still in me, but if, if people think there's clicks now, they ain't seen nothing. I mean, it was really bad. And uh, so I came to a, a Thanksgiving boogie one time here at Spaceland, and Jack Burke was out there the, on, the, on the day before the boogie officially started. He was jumping with some of us flailers like myself. And so, it, I mean, which was amazing because... We never got to jump with people like Jack Burke and Tom Jenkins and and uh, um, Ron Mills and people like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I thanked him for it. I said, man, I really appreciate you coming out and spending it. He said, you know what? He says, here's the deal. He says, all my buddies that I jump with, he said, they're going to get married. They're going to leave the sport. for. They're going to die. For some reason, they're not going to be around. He said, and if I don't work with people like you and, and help you become a better skydiver, he says, man, I want everybody to skydive with. So just between you and me, DJ, so stop listening. This is really selfish what I do. Million, you know? oh, dude. Yeah, it is because, man, if, if I can help pe people become better skydiver, better RW people, man, that, that means I get to skydive with them, and, and that's man, that's a wonderful thing. How many of your best friends aren't skydivers? Probably a couple. Well, a, the, a lot of the people that I started skydiving with and spent several years with, they don't jump anymore, but they're still... Still skydivers. Oh, they're still my friends. They're still skydivers, and, and you know, it's it's... You get together and you start telling all those stories about remember when and no shit there I was, and uh, but but I mean I'll be honest my, my my social circle is mainly it's skydivers I mean that's who I hang I got I hate to say this but I don't even I don't know any of my neighbors because I I mean I'm never I work from home but mm -hmm. they work somewhere else so I don't see them then and then at the end of the day you know it it gets dark so early and, and my weekends I'm somewhere else you know so I I really don't know them that well. I know their name. I know their name. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I could point every other direction. I know how to say hi. Yeah, oh, I know yeah. that dude's a Kansas City fan because he wears a Kansas City hat all the time. <laughs> right. And I'm a Chargers fan, so we argue football. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we don't know him, man. And yeah, kind of that point, you're not just raising these people because you want people to skydive with. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm finding my next friends. My It's my circle or the people I've trained. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, it. When I started jumping, and, and it may have been the same with you, you, your first jump course was a full day. Mm -hmm. Like when I started jumping, it was a full day. Yeah. 
And then you jump the next day, which meant at the end of that Saturday, when all the experienced skydivers were done jumping, they started, you know, they were sitting around drinking, safety meetings, whatever, and you got to know them. You got to hang out with the coolest people you ever met because they jump out of an airplane. And one of the things that, that is missing from this sport is the tandems. When tandems show up, they're there for an hour or two hours, and then they're gone. They don't experience that part of the sport. And, I, man, if there was, like, I'll see, I'll see people leaving after tandem jump. I go, hey, you coming back for the tandem party tonight? What? Yeah, we always have a party at the end of the day where all <laughs> the tandems get together and we talk about our jumps. They never come back. But, you know, I always thought, man, if tandems could learn that, they could experience that part of the sport, man, I, I think this sport, would we'd have a lot more people in it. For me, the majority of, of any working jumps I do are through friends. Yeah. So my friends who want to go on tandems, et cetera. And what yeah. I'll calmly tell them, I'm like, hey, you tell me what time you want to be there. When they show up, I walk them into the office. I yeah. get the waiver with them. I sit them down. Sure. Hey, while you're filling out the waiver, I'm going to pop around a little bit. Yeah. But then when they go to class, I work there. So I get to take them to class. Yeah. When yeah, they're done with nice. class, we take them downstairs. Hey, while we're waiting, come in the back room. Look oh, at yeah. this. Yeah. Hey, and I show them the full experience. After sure. they're done, we walk through it all. And yeah. There's no doubt like, it's hard to spend that much time with every tandem. Sure. For me, it's a VIP treatment. And, yeah, yeah. for sure, it's not a – I love the sport. I love free fall. Oh, yeah. It's about the fucking family it and is. the community. It is, yeah. When somebody gets their A license, I say, okay, now, say goodbye to your to your checking account. <laughs> say goodbye to your friends, you know, because this is your new family. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and <laughs> it's, it's – I mean, that's the way it is. You. Uh, yeah, one of the things that, that we're missing nowadays is, is everybody looks at, looks at the weather on their phone. Oh, weather looks crappy. I'm not going to go to the drop zone. I mean, one of th- one of the ways that we became so close back in the day was uh, was we didn't know. We went to the drop zone because we didn't know, mm-hmm. and so we once you were there, you hung out, and uh, you just become closer to people. Whereas if you don't go, unless the weather's nice, you just don't you don't have that same experience with people. You, that, that closeness. Skydivers get hurt a lot less now, though. Because weather holder, that's where we get hurt, man. Boy, ain't that the truth, yeah. Pulling a dude in a... Stupid human tricks, man. It's, yeah. Pulling a dude in a shopping cart at 30 miles an hour <laughs> down a grass field as bumpy as oh, hell. Oh, yeah. With a, that with wasn't smart. Yeah. The video starts with, we're going to kill Scott, and it shows us dragging him around the field. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's a miracle we survived some of those. Man, I, sure. l- I love the family camaraderie that comes yeah. together on those weather holds. It's, it's your sky family, for sure. It is. One of the things that's been fun with, with Spaceland is when we have certain events, like the transitions events with the mentor program, right, right. Um, with uh, events that you run and organize, uh, it, it's uh, not connect the dots. What did you call it now? Uh, the next, next step. step. I like that. Yeah, Dude, that was, that nep- was that Actually, name. Michael Erickson came up with that name. Michael Erickson's yeah. a blessing to have as yeah. part of the team. Man. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. great. Um, we'll randomly do seminars. Like, hey, you guys are here. Yeah. Let's do seminars. Some of the best learning happens on these weather days. It's true. It's true, yeah. We we have a, and I haven't scheduled them yet, but we have a we have a rain or shine event. Mm-hmm. In other words, come out if it's raining. We we got a lot of stuff going. We got seminars, but if it's sh- if if it's not raining, hell, well, let's go jump and we'll have seminars in the evening. It's just one of those where, don't even check the weather. Just get your ass out of here and we'll figure something out. Yeah. The stupid games we can learn to play, creeper races. Yeah. The oh, seminars yeah. as fun jumpers and is I I say casual jumpers, people who are working nine to five through the week yeah you want all this information from these really experienced guys and you're fairly accessible on the dz but when there's an event going on as accessible as you are you're mainly focused on your job it's a little tough yeah yeah but man scott i want to hear from you bro you got so much good information or matthew peterson in the rigging loft i want to understand what you got to say on a weather day oh it's it's great yeah it's great i mean we've and we've got we're so lucky at, at spaceland to have people that are just willing to share like 
like Matt and and uh, and Jeremy. You know, like we, yeah. one of the one of the seminars was, "What does your rigger do after you drop your rig off?" And so, and up at Dallas, Con did the same thing, and they went through. This is what we do. You, we don't just pack your reserve. This is what we do. And all of a sudden, people are going, "Oh, that's why they charge seventy bucks for a for a uh, to get it get a turnaround overnight turnaround or whatever." Because they do that for every one of them, whether it's a whether it's a rush job or not, you know. Um, uh, Matt Tinley and uh, and uh, Cody Edgeworth. One time, I asked them to to ex- to have a seminar on why the movement dives get out first. Because shit, I didn't know. So I asked Tex about it one time. He explained it to me. And I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. So they sat down with a bunch of belly flyers and talked about it. And man, that's how we get that information out there, right? I mean, yes. that's because you know knowledge is power, and and uncertainty is what scares people. And why is that four-way group getting out in front of our 10-way group? You know, what the hell is going on? So, man, people, if, if people would come out and, and to listen to some of these seminars, man, it's amazing the stuff you can learn in this sport. It is amazing. Like, you know, you, so you do canopy stuff. You know, and, and what's what we try to do with these seminars is not just overwhelm. I mean, you could spend, you could talk 48 hours and talk about <laughs> <laughs> and talk about, but you can spend all kinds of time talking about canopies. So you know, we break it down to smaller units, digestible units, so that you know people can absorb that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like uh, about everything you say is Spaceland just doesn't have this information. A lot of places have some of these people with information, but but we have people who know how to convey it the way you're talking about. Yeah. In digestible chunks, because oh, yeah. Yeah. if I sat down with certain of my friends, I will nerd out in some of the words I say, <laughs> and I'm going to lose everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we've got to learn how to present it and say it in a way that a isn't yeah. overwhelming, and b connects. It, oh, it connects yeah. to the average person, and sure. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, s- I see. You know, we'll we'll say, all right, we're going to have a seminar and. Uh, what the manifestors do, you know, and I'll see people, oh, uh, that, well, I know what they do, and they'll walk off, and, man, you know, you learn so much from, from people. It's, again, there's so much to learn in this sport. It's, it's incredible, man. Just, you know, take advantage of that. Man, if you skydive and you're listening to this and you haven't thanked your manifestor today, oh, yeah. you're a jerk. <laughs> you are an absolute jerk. Yeah, yeah, if you a- are going into manifest and you're yelling over to the manifestor, I need three slots. Yeah. If you walk straight in and you tell manifest what you need, you might want to realize, let's see, at Spaceland, and, and we're not the only drops one like it. It's oh not yeah. uncommon to fly 50 loads in a day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's average about 15 slots per jump. How many, engineer nerd, 50 times 15, how many does that come out to be? 500, 750, 750. slots. Yeah, that's 750 slots they had to put Sorry, in. Sorry, I'm reading. That's <laughs> okay. So now you're walking in asking for those three slots. Yeah. What's she thinking? What's he thinking about? Oh What's yeah. he doing? Who's he already manifesting? Yeah. Who d- yeah. I'll, I'll watch people walk into manifest with a line of three people and yell over three people, I need two slots on the next load. <laughs> yeah. Those three yeah. people in front of you probably wanted those two they slots. Probably, yeah, yeah, they're going to get them because you're not getting them. Yeah. yeah. Or you open it and go, what load am I on again? Yeah. Uh, never a good thing. And if you're not tipping your Packers, yeah. you're also a jerk face. <laughs> Just right. a jerk face. Yeah, Man, sure. it's a service-based industry. Man, I, one of the seminars I'd love to see at some point is Packers and what we do because today's modern Packer at some drop zones are putting canopies in a bag, lines together and in a container, and they're done. Yeah. Will Groves, you know Will, sure. packs my parachute, I and, and he Will. hasn't in a while. He used to be my regular packer. Yeah. But if there were any holes, any damage, any loose yep. attachment points, any loose tape, any loose stitches, I always knew because a good packer doesn't pack your parachute. They oh, inspect yeah. it as they do it. Yep. So well, have you ever have you ever had a had a closing loop replaced and not realize it? Yes. Yeah. So that happens. I mean, Will does it. And I'd just like to shout out to Spencer. 
You started packing for Spin me lately? Sloth. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, when I, uh, last time I went to Z Hills, as I'm tracking off, I'm trying to remember, did I pack this? And when I opened, <laughs> it was a Spencer opening. I mean, it was, uh, it was, anyway, thank you, Spencer. Amazing. Um, good, good opening. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. And, and we'll kind of farm. Did we hire out. a new Spencer? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he likes me. I don't know. So anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, so I was at a drop zone. I won't say which one, but I was at a drop zone. And, uh, it, and we came out of the debrief, and a packer told somebody, he says, hey, you need a new closing loop. Go to the pro shop and get one and then bring it back to me. And I thought, man, those are words I've never heard at Spaceland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you have a new, you know, when you're checking your, as everybody should, you know, when you pick up your rig from the packer and you're checking your, your closing loop and your pin and everything, I noticed that I had a new closing loop. And I went, oh, man, that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. Yeah. Man, at the end of your skydiving day, folks, the first thing you do as soon as you do your last jump is immediately pay your packer. Remember to tip them. And here's what a lot of people forget. Hey, man, I'm still hanging out having a beer, so my packer's okay. No, your packer probably at the end, and not joking, at the end of a Saturday, your packer very well has swollen hands yeah. because they pack so hard. They work their butt off with minimal breaks. Oh, yeah. So pay them right away so they can come out and drink a beer with you. Yeah, tell them when you're finished. Tell them that was my last load or, you know, yeah, yeah I only got two more or something or I'm on a 40 or, you know, keep your packer up to date. And it's funny because if you want to know what's going on at Drop Zone, ask a packer. Because I asked, I asked a <laughs> baby doll up in Dallas one time. Mm -hmm. She said something. I went, how do you find out stuff like that? She goes, people act like we're not even here. People would be standing over us talking like we're like we're deaf or something like that yeah so yeah i mean packers are they're invisible packers are people too yeah yeah packers yeah. matter packers Pack lives that's, matter that's right yeah so yeah just keep them keep them in the loop tell them what's going on you know we're on a 40 you know or we're done jumping for the day because there's nothing worse than then you come in and a packer you know knows your schedule you know you're on 20s you're back to backs slams a pack job together and then you go oh we're done for the day oh Thanks. Yeah. I just busted my ass for you, bro. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go piss on your rig. Yeah. You, yeah. you said the trick, and I use it all the time when I get to travel, is I very quickly get to know who the Packers are. Oh, yeah. And if yeah. I need anything, I ask them. And yeah. it's two things. Number one, you said it. They know it. They know it. Yeah. talks from. Number one. Number two, people are constantly nice to the local instructors. You know what? Manifest gets me on planes. Packers pack my parachute. Yeah. Who should you be nice to? Yeah, exactly. The Packers and the Manifestors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck the instructors. <laughs> Literally. Well, <laughs> we try to be nice to everybody. No, I love my instructor <laughs> yeah. buddies, and I'm, I'm talking trash because said and done, that's where my my crowd crew is as well. Oh, yeah. But I definitely, man, I, 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 I love the Packers, and you see me on weekdays or weekends hanging out at Spaceland. Where am I commonly hanging out? Yeah. The uh, Packers, they're the funnest crew, man. Oh, I was going to say near the yeah. women's restroom, man. <laughs> we probably don't want to say that. You weren't supposed to tell <laughs> that oh. part, Scott. Yeah, could you edit that out? I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. So we, we got to start pushing towards a wrap, but I want to talk a little bit more. You, you're in charge of events at Spaceland. Yes. Yeah. Um, we've got the Halloween boogie coming back up. We've in got San the Marcus. Revolution boogie. Yeah. We have uh, Everglaze boogie January 18th through 20th at Clewiston. It's, 11th, it's at the 11th year. Uh, probably going to have a helicopter there. We'll have an otter and a, and a, and a caravan. Um, might be a tailgate. There's a couple things that uh, Lisa down there is working on, but we don't know for sure, so don't, you know, so don't hold me to it. But uh, it's a fun time. It's a fun time down there. So if yeah. there's not a tailgate, Scotty's going to buy everybody beer. Is that what I heard? 
No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I will drink beer with you, but uh, yeah, he'll so drink we, everybody's yeah, beer. Yeah, so we have that. We have that. That's our next event. Our next big event is coming up is Everglades Boogie in Houston. So one thing I, I I love Spaceland Houston, but we've really been missing, and we really have had an issue of over the years, and it's it's difficult, and it's really because we haven't had somebody in a position for a while, and recently we have you. Is we yeah. don't have as many boogies here anymore. Oh right. wait a minute. Yeah. What's going on Labor Day? Uh, Labor Day Boogie. Yeah, we're bringing the Labor Day. I, I would say we're bringing it back. I mean, I'm sure at one time there was a Labor Day Boogie at Spaceland, but we just we haven't had it. I don't remember and, uh, one. Yeah, and uh. so uh, I've, I've already lined up Sandy Gerlet and Guy Wright for Belly Flyers, and uh, uh, Tex and um, Constantine are going to be there uh, working on a wingsuit uh, uh, organizer and uh, also another female, uh, high, very, very high-level female uh free fly organizer yeah but i haven't locked her down yet so lock I her down i haven't tied her down yet, so. yeah that's a good so time i don't want to say anything unless you know maybe if i did it would pressure her into saying yes but i I'm hey you know it. who you are you should really really do it what's that oh. i'm just talking to her she knows who she is she oh, should yeah. really really do yeah, it please please do it yeah it's uh you know it's it's we have a lot of great organizers at spaceland um but when you bring in somebody from the outside number one they they bring, I mean, they bring in people from wherever they are, like Guy Wright's, you know, on the, well, Guy Wright's everywhere, but um, <laughs> from the north, the northeast that come sure. down to see our Spaceland drop zones, which we want to show off. Um, and also you learn stuff, you know, yeah. you learn stuff from organizers that, that aren't from your drop zone. Um, I mean, I learn stuff. I, you know, I, and again, it's, you want to have local, you want to support the local organizers, but again, those organizers are probably learning stuff from the people you bring in too. So that's. That's uh, you know that's one of the reasons to bring in the outside organizers and the name organizers because they do attract people. You get to meet more skydivers. Different mindsets, different people. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's um, one of my favorite parts is is really at this point in my career of safety and training, I've gotten yeah. to a, to a, a a place where I don't work under people nearly as much. Yeah. So oh, yeah. now I have to seek out the information where I used to go to everybody and find the information. Sure, sure. So bringing those outside folks yeah. is so helpful. If you're at a drop zone and you're afraid of an outside organizer, it's the opposite. Oh, yeah. Another thing that we're doing this year is we're having a, uh, you know, we have a four-way meetup in Dallas, a Super Cup. Yeah. We have the four-way, eight-way, and two-way MFS pre-nationals in Houston. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a four-way meet in San Marcos, and we're going to have a Texas series. Maybe part of the NSL, I'm not sure, but basically we're going to have a season champion. You know, if you yes. if you attend all three meets, depending on how you place, you're going to be the state champion. You know, so when you're in high school and you know you never did, you never got passed by district or whatever, you know you could be the state champion, state skydiving champion, Texas state. And that's, that's a pretty big deal, Texas skate state skydiving champion. So we're we're working on that too. So put a team together, start practicing. If you're looking for a coach, so I, I you know one, I I could probably uh, call me. I can probably uh, direct you to one. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Latinus, anything else you want to share with our friends, our family watching, hanging out with us? Uh, first of all, thanks for doing this, oh, DJ. Dude. This Gravity Lab. I mean, again, it it's uh, we learn from other people, and yes, man, sir. you bring people on here that we can learn from. I mean, just some of the stories, but you know, you ask great questions. You're a great interviewer, and you know, draw people out. I'm. I'm a terrible conversationalist, and you've kept me talking the whole time. So, uh, but keeping I appreciate you talking's easy, bro. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> thanks for all your work. I mean, he's he's behind the camera, but he's over there the whole time. 
He's he's working. He's the busiest guy in the room even, always. I don't even think he's drinking. I mean, so what the screens. hell? I don't even know who you Normally are anymore. I am drinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, we commonly <laughs> drink scotch yeah. on the yeah. show. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I I just this sport has meant everything to me. I mean, it's it's a passion. It's a purpose. It's a gift. You know, it's a challenge. It's it's childlike, unbridled joy is what it is. You know when I, and you know the feel when you step off that airplane. It no matter what's going on in your life, it's gone. Peace. It, it is gone. There is no like Tom Jenkins told me one time. He says, you know. He said, man, I can't hardly walk. I get, you know, I got heart problems. He said, but when I leave that airplane, there is no pain. There's no emotional, physical, any, any kind of pain. Psych- whatever kind of pain is out there, it's gone in free fall. It's an amazing feeling, man. And I, I just, man, I just love it. I just love it. I, I can't even well. imagine not doing it. Yeah. When I leave an airplane, all is well. It is. It really all is well. Yeah. It's, it's just an amazing feeling. It, uh, and it's not for everybody. You know, I, I tell people when they go, oh, I could never do that. Well, you know, it's not for everybody. I also tell them when they want to do tandems to wait until the summertime. But uh, because it hurts in free fall when it's cold. But uh, it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing adventure. Yeah. Every 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 skydive special. Every skydive special. When, you know, I was, uh, I was logging jumps one time. And I, it was, and, and what I do is I write them on a calendar and then I, I log them. And it, it, when I finally made my 10,000th jump, it was a couple of months after I'd made it. And it was a four-way, which it should be. And I told somebody, I said, hey, man, you know, I, this is pretty cool. My 10,000 jump four-way. And they said, man, it's too bad you didn't know it was going to be your 10,000. You could have done something special. I said, I did do something special. I jumped out of an airplane with friends. I mean, you can't get any <laughs> more special than that. I mean, there's memorable jumps, obviously, but they're all special. They're all special, yeah. Dude, they are, man. I've done tandems, AFF videos on my special on my special jumps. Yeah. I've also landed two stacks with cross brace canopies on my special jumps. That is special, yeah. Um, yeah. I took a girl with thirty five jumps out on my five thousandth jump. She was my student. Yeah. From tandem one to thirty five jumps. Yeah. And then for my five thousandth, we took her out and did a. Uh, uh, Rich Delgado walks up to me and goes, "Hey, nice zigzag marquee." What? <laughs> nice twenty one. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Zigzag marquee. What? It's a blog, yeah. DJ, the picture of you in Skydiving Magazine was a zigzag marquee. Yeah. That was a nice picture. Oh, oh, oh nice. dude, the, the little, the <laughs> little, this thing. He goes, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. the only reason I know what that block is. Yep. Oh, yeah. Ask me well, any other skydiving block. Go. A, yeah. 21 is zigzag marquee, You're right? Ahead of most people. You're That's ahead it. Of most people, yeah. <laughs> That's all I know, man. Yeah. Talk, talk about special junk. A friend of mine, Brian Stevens, we were at Nationals, doing four way at Nationals, and we funneled an exit. We get down on a plane. Get down on the ground. He goes, well, he said, that was my 3,000 jump. I said, well, congratulations. He said, yeah, funneled exit. He said, he said, I don't remember what happened on my 1,000th jump or what happened <laughs> on my 2,000, but I'll never forget what happened on my 3,000 funneled exit at Nationals. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Man, it's fun. Never take ourselves too serious. No. We got in the sport for a good time. Oh, yeah. It's got to be fun or it's just you can't do it. You just can't. You can't sustain if it's not fun. Dude, if you're yeah. grumpy, find something new in the sport. Yeah, because we don't want you. I have one last request for you. Yes, sir. Uh, Nick started off really in the producer's role. Justin became a backup. Yeah. And the dynamic of Nick and I out here together and then yeah. Justin joining us. Really, he talks to the guests a lot more when it's not you. Um, <laughs> that The dynamic is definitely a lot of fun. So <laughs> please come back when we have Nick on the show at some oh, point. Oh, I'd love to. I appreciate it. This, this has been a lot of fun. And I'll be honest with you, DJ. I, uh, <clears throat> so I saw when you had Rob. Rob on there. Rob's from Australia. Rob uh, Parker. Parker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's from Australia, and there's a certain word that they use down there like it's... The C word. Like hello. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I, I Man, if my mom was to watch this, there's no way she would want... And so I thought, well, I, I, I'm not sure I want to... Uh, two things. I'm not sure I want to do something where I can't share with my mom. 
Sure. And I would not want to ask you to change whatever it is that you do because you've got such a successful formula here. And so I, I appreciate tonight that, you know, I think it's something I can share with my mom. And I, pre- I, I sincerely appreciate that. I really do. I want to yeah. I, I mention that a lot of our guests get worried because there are, like if Ben Nelson is on the show, it's a beating. Yeah. We absolutely abused Ben Nelson to death. Yeah. We beat him like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Sorry, Justin, did not mean to do that <laughs> to you, bro. Um, and then they get worried, but we're very big on catering to the crowd of the guests. Man, I, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm from a different generation where, you know, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't say stuff like that around. I mean. You know Jason David Frank, JDF. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the Power Ranger guy, and he asked that we don't cuss at all during the show. Yeah. Uh, and I have Christian parents, so I, yeah. me not cussing is very easy. If yeah. you know me, you'd be shocked. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, because you know I cuss like a sailor. I, but yeah. no, man. We so if you anybody who's ever worried about coming on the show, if yeah. there are, are things we can do to satisfy your audience, because part of what we're doing is drawing a new audience through yeah. you, and we want to cater to those uh, people. An and older, you, an older, more mature, a mature audience. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to. You're not going to like every show. If you listen yeah. to this oh, one, yeah. you're not going to like all of them. Of course, yeah. That's why we have the different guests. We yeah. want to cater to yeah. everybody. And I, and I appreciate, and, and I mean, it, you. This is a great thing for the sport. Oh, it really you, is, yeah. I mean, it gets it out to people who aren't skydivers. I mean, they might they might stumble across it or because a friend of theirs is on it, they'll watch it and man, they learn things about the sport. You know, we're not we're not all we're not all crazy anyway. We've now had a devils. handful of students at Spaceland Houston who found Gravity Lab through wanting to learn to skydive. Oh yeah. Heard of Spaceland because what's man, Spaceland's got a reputation. Let's be real. A I, good reputation. Yeah, a great reputation. Yeah. But I've had a couple people like, man, your show put us over the top to go to yeah. Spaceland. Oh, nice, nice. So yeah. for sure, we're sharing with new people. We yeah. actually have wuffos who don't jump at all who listen to the show. We oh, get the wonderful. occasional comments. Yeah. And and so we're blessed. We're lucky. Of course, yeah. most of our our audience is skydivers. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, it's so weird when someone I don't know comes up to me at the drop zone. Like, I recognize your laugh. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's cool. It's I hear it outside their window at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. pretty much. Creepy. Yeah. No, guy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, in and amongst us screaming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah justin anything else you want to sh- uh, share as we go to wrap up here uh no check out i i posted some comments about the uh spaceland event calendars so uh stay up to date with all the events going on yeah uh, yeah uh, across all the spaceland drop zones yeah. Um, and also Blue Skies Magazine uh, wants you to retire those because they have a new Hey Boy version. A new what? Hey, hey Boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> and they think yeah. it's time to upgrade. I think those need to go to Zach Bro, actually. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Actually, guys. Zach and I, she sent these to Zach and I, so. That's why I say that, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. Nick Lott needs a pair. He rocks tights like no you other. You know, I, I I gave these to him for a while to to wear and show off and stuff like that. And I don't think he ever got around to doing it. So he's hit and miss. Like he'll go in yeah. fl- in, in stages where he won't wear them for a while, and then yeah. all of a sudden they're in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So man, we're gonna turn to a pumpkin here in a second. Before okay. I wrap up, I definitely got to I think the good guys detail. The good guys detail. You might know Andreas. He runs the cafe over in San Marcos. I am. Uh, I'm going there this weekend, so I'll meet him. Do check out the steak yeah. bowl. Uh, super good food. Yeah. But he also owns a good guys detail. They're a mobile detailing company. Uh, mm-hmm. If you need your car washed, if you need your yeah. car detailed, no nice. matter what you need, check them out. 
Uh, if you need their website, look for the good guys detail on the internets, on the Googles. Right. Uh, also, tonight's sponsor, this is my favorite sponsor, is uh, the Rating Center. The Rating Center, right. whether you need canopy coaching, canopy courses, work today with a guy doing 270s, coach courses, AFF courses. Check out the ratingscenter.com nice. on the interwebs. Yeah. And uh, other than that, guys. Well, actually, I, yeah. I have actually went to the Rating Center and got oh. a canopy course. Special After ad. I had 12,000 jumps, I finally took a canopy course. Special and it was. Ad. It was <laughs> Man, it was wonderful. It was well worth all the time and all the frustration of going, this damn canopy. Yeah. We never stop learning, man. Yeah, do it, it early. It do it early. I, that's all. I took way too long before I took it. So. Oh, man. It, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Guys and gals, be patient with us over this uh, holiday season. We have a lot of traveling going on. We are going to be hit and miss with the schedule. Yeah. But uh, actually, this Saturday night, we have a special guest. We actually did not expect this, but Nico Gonzalez. I think oh. you might remember him. Yes, yes. He's in town for the H-Down Throwdown How at about uh, that? the what Tunnel. great guy. And Saturday yeah. night, him and his girl run Ostrich Flight, which is a podcast. They're going to be joining us Saturday night. Uh, right. Justin will be running. Nick should be here, but that is a, a questionable thing, so we'll get that. All right. Uh, be patient, guys and gals, with our with our holiday schedule. We've got a lot of family to keep up with. Uh, my funky white boy over there is going to hit the crazy music. All right. Guys and gals, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Next month, January, we'll be doing another movie night at Skydive Spaceland Houston. Right. We'll throw up the projector. We'll throw up the big screen. We're going to show Drop Zone. I just made my mind up about that. All right. Till then, we are Gravity Lab Radio's Blue Skies on Scott's leg. We're out.